1: It all started back in July 2011. I guess I should explain that we're going to be here every single week during the season offering comment, analysis and debate on every aspect of the Championship, League One and League Two. Five seasons. I could honestly make a case for us not getting back out of the bottom two all season and it really pains me to say that. Three divisions. He's a clown. <laughs> we can't let this man become a Premier League manager again. <laughs> Have you ever known a finish since Jimmy Glass like that?
2: Oh, so I do not believe what I've yeah. On. Over
1: 170 shows. What can we expect from Jamie Vardy this season? He is the best player I've ever seen
3: in the conference. Our attendances are down by over 10,000. I think if they're unable to make the club sustainable within Coventry, I think they should probably be considering their position as owners of the football club.
4: Over 300 guests.
5: We look at ourselves like a Bournemouth. Of- I don't think there's a case for
4: huge squads. To be in where we are now, for me, is something special.
5: That relationship was absolutely central to clubs' life and clubs' management. I do think that they will be one of the clubs that are constantly looking over
3: their shoulder down there. Live games.
1: It goes to two nil. It's a 2-0! It's 2-0! Three games,
2: three
3: pounds! <laughs> there's one up for Bing's a striker and we're a minute and a half to go. don't think he's got a clue. We're doing a lot
5: better than last season in uh, creating chances, but we need to take more of them. Oh, chance! Oh, it's
1: it's a, goal. a goal! It's a goal! In the middle of your ransom <laughs> boo! George the, the, burgers. the Burgers. a goal! Go. Specials! This hasn't come from the Premier League. It's come from the FA, who are meant to protect lower league clubs.
6: It has been skewed massively detriment of football league clubs. He's absolutely convinced that he's right and he doesn't
5: really see the fans as being part of the equation.
1: And documentaries. If it hadn't been for these
2: players then the clubs that people follow today they wouldn't be in ex- existence. We're a great
5: club with a great heart for what it did in the Great War and over 100 years. But
1: now in June 2016 it's time to say goodbye. Goodbye. This is the We Are Going Up podcast. We've got the Football League covered. Well, this is it then. Hello and welcome to episode 171 of We Are Going Up. And it's the final ever show. Tissues at the ready, everyone. I'm Mark Crossley. I've left behind the beautiful sunshine in Manchester, believe it or not, today, for the kind of slightly miserable uh, London. And here alongside me, or through the glass, Once more, upon the breach, my friend, David Cameron Walker is here. Hello. Hello. Here we are then. The end of the season, the end of the road. An end of an era. An end of an era. Do you need a hug? Are you emotional?
4: Uh, well, I mean, we're not in the same room. We're unfortunately. <laughs> Otherwise, you could give me
1: a hug, and I'd gladly,
4: I'd gladly first, receive one.
1: First thing we should say: um, we're in a brand new studio for the very last show, and mm. you're sort of leaning into the mic a little bit like Liam Gallagher was yeah. doing about 20 years I mean, ago. Whoever's
4: designed this microphone? This <laughs> is not far away. Far. Enough. It's too. It's too far. Too close to the wall. So I can't quite get over the desk. You haven't got yet. the
1: Liam Gallagher duffel coat because in I like to think as kind of in honour to what we've been through the last couple of years. It is boiling in your studio. Of course it, is, <laughs> yeah. it be. This
4: is a new studio. I wouldn't have it any other way. It's still boiling. It brings out the best
1: in me, Mark. Absolutely. We actually asked, especially or not as the case may be. Well, we'll find out over the next <laughs> hour or so. Probably more than an hour. I'm guessing it's going to be a bumper, bumper final show. And it's a good job we're bearing out now because if we were carrying on next season, it would have to be we are going we've got the EFL covered as opposed Mm. to we've got the Football League covered (laughs) yes good point (laughs) that and and what Sky Sport's going to do is it's not going to be FL 72 it's going to be EFL 72 I presume Um, apparently in a few weeks time there's going to be a big football league I saw this this week there's going to be a big football league sort of launch and there's an official date where we've all got to start calling it the EFL Mm. all the branding's got to change it could be the EFL 100 in a few years it could be it could be Um, so although I am a little bit tempted to carry on with the podcast given this studio because this is probably the swishest one we've been in I reckon in all our time doing this over the past five years now we should say however excited we are about the Euros because we're both going to be going to France we are we'll talk more about that later Um, Half a decade has passed. It's the end of the season. Half a decade has passed. We're going to look back. We're not going to look forward just yet. We're going to look back over the season that's just gone on a a very special final episode with a cast of friends. And we're going to introduce you to them in due course. But first, I thought, I know we're barely five minutes in here, but I I thought we should start and get the giant elephant in the room out of the way. Um, Let me take you back a week or so. You might have listened to um, a playoff Uh, Preview the penultimate ever episode of this podcast that you so lovingly crafted, put together yourself, string of excellent guests, and then in the very last 45 seconds, you might have ruined all your hard work. Have (laughs) a listen to this.
4: Before I go, I suppose I should do some predictions myself, shouldn't I? Put my neck on the line one last time. So League Two, I would love Wimbledon to go up, it would be a great story and you know, you know how much we all admire everything that's gone on at Wimbledon over the years but I think Plymouth are going to do it. I was really impressed with them when I saw them earlier in the season. I think they've got some very good players and I think on the day they might just have a bit too much quality and I think Plymouth will do it. <laughs> League One I think is going to be very tight indeed. I know Barnsley have won at Wembley already this season but I just think on the day I think I can see this going to extra time possibly penalties and I'm going to plump for Millwall and as for the championship I think it's the end of the road for Steve Bruce and Hull I think there'll be a parting of ways after this season and as good as they've been at times this season I think Sheffield Wednesday are the more exciting team I've got to go with Forestieri I'm backing him I'm backing the Owls and I think we're going to have Sheffield Wednesday back in the big time next season
1: (laughs) There is something beautifully poetic about that. After five years of avidly watching and specialising in the Football League, hour upon hour, doing this podcast, week upon week, month upon month, year upon year, season after season, and we get to the very end, and we know as much as we did when it started, which is absolutely nothing. (laughs) Ridiculous. You couldn't make it up. You couldn't. So there you go. I mean, if you, if one of these people, we've had people have tweeted us over the years saying they've done the exact opposite to what you've said in your predictions at the start of the season.
4: Well, Exactly. I'm doing a service <laughs> for all the listeners.
1: And when you mentioned, when we just played that and the line about Steve Bruce leaving Hull came up, you did sort of nod your head. Well, exactly. Yeah. You've got that to cling to potentially. Um, and next season, can you just stick your predictions out on Twitter just for everyone? Of
4: course. Because I'll do not, it forever more.
1: We're not going to have this audio format uh, later. We are going to revisit our pre-season predictions. Don't worry, it's been a bit of a. Um, the cat sat on the Sort of a tradition on the last episode of the season, the past few
4: seasons. So we're going to listen I'm back. Just, I'm confident, though, that come come the end of this show, mm. but looking back at the start of this season and years gone by, I'll I'll hold my own when it comes to getting things right. Okay. Well, I've listened to them, but I'm not going to reveal anything at this point.
1: <laughs> we shall see. So that's going to come up a little bit later on. There's going to be memories. Oh, so many memories. You've already heard some of them at the start of the show. Later, the best of the bits that went wrong, and we'll tell the story. I wonder of what you're going to play there, Mark. <laughs> (laughs) Somebody tweeted about it already today, actually. And uh, the story of five years of this podcast from start to finish. And I'm going to need a serious drink when I've edited all of this. Plus, we're going to be joined on the phone by some familiar voices from uh, the past five years. We're getting the band back together and we'll be hearing from some former presenters, co-presenters of the We Are Going Up podcast a little bit later on. If you've only listened for the last couple of seasons, you won't be aware that there was five of us when this began and now there's just two. So we'll get the other three back on later. We're going to be looking at the recent proposed changes by the Football League which would come into play at the start of the 2019-20 season and see the creation of League 3. Four divisions of 20 below the Premier League. We did a big special on this a couple of years ago. Have opinions changed? We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but we're going to start by getting on to of the the regulars that we've had on uh, over the years on this podcast. Uh, we've uh, had them on pretty much at the start of every season and usually at the end of the season as well. So we're going to keep that tradition going. First of all, let's say hello to the co-editor, uh, co-founder of The Brilliant to Unfortunates. Hello, Rob Langham. <laughs>
7: Hello guys, really good to be back on again
1: Yeah, good to have you on mate for the For the final one and uh, Mark O'Hare from We Love Betting as well should be on the line too, hello Mark Hi Mark, how you doing? Very well thank you, only seems like two minutes we were all doing this in August and here we are in June um, to look back on this season so we're just going to have a chat basically and reflect on the 2015-2016 Football League season um, we're going to talk obviously the odds where the bookies were right, where the bookies were wrong and we'll just take a little um, a sort of casual look through all three divisions uh, and we'll talk about these new proposals as well. Let's start with the Championship then. Uh, the best team in the Football League this season, uh, Burnley. 26 wins, 15 draws, just the five defeats. An immediate return to the top flight for Sean Dyche and Burnley. Rob, very, very impressive, especially in the final sort of third of the season where it really counted.
7: Yes, I thought they were tremendous and it really vindicated the decision to keep uh, um, Sean Dyche on his manager, because I think he, he fully justified that. He was excellent. And I think they had a good spine through the team. Obviously, Tom Heaton's off to France. Uh, good defenders in people like Michael Keane and Ben Mee. And then Scott Arfield, once again, another fantastic season in midfield. And all topped off by Andre Gray, of course, who, you know, various uh, reports about how much money they paid for him. But, but it came good in the
4: end, didn't it? He was, was top scorer in the league. Uh, unless we forget player of the season, Joey Barton. Hmm. Who I don't think many people would have necessarily thought would have had the impact that that he has done when he signed for the start of the season. There was was probably a few Burnley fans, a few people looking at that and thinking, you know, that's maybe not uh, the most obvious fit with Sean Dyche, but he's come in. And from from day one, he was on board with with Dyche's approach and the Burnley fans, I'm sure, will be sad to see him leave now.
7: Well, oh, definitely. I mean, I think he, he played very well, and I think he had a reasonable uh, disciplinary record this year as well. So, he certainly justified his big name billing.
1: Didn't get a medal though, did he? That's all that mattered. Um, Middlesbrough in second. Um, we'll talk about them in a second. But first, Mark, you're the uh, you're, you're the bookie here. Um, pre-season, can you remember who the um, who the bookmakers had had as favourites to be promoted to the Premier League?
5: Yes, uh, it was Derby six to one favourites. Uh, Middlesbrough, you know. Pretty much joint favourite, so 13 to two best price. But Derby were considered favourites, so um, another season to forget really for, for the Rams, uh, going close or seemingly on track, and then it seems to just implode after Christmas. A uh, decision to get rid of uh, Paul Clement, rightly or wrongly, uh, Derby fans seem to think it was probably the right thing to do. The style wasn't being adhered to by the club, but after spending near off 25 million on the squad this season. Um, to finish in fifth and to lose that first leg of the playoff so convincingly to Hull was, was, was quite something really. Um, I'm sure we'll come to Middlesbrough but if you compare the two at the start of the season Borough always seemed to be on track didn't really seem to be going away from that sort of top two position whereas Derby you've got to say after Christmas and, and the new year it never really looked like of infiltrating that top two again, which is going to be very frustrating for their supporters and a lot of people who backed them after after another season of disappointment last year. Um, they've already been installed as, as quite warm uh, in, towards the top end of the betting for next season, 12-1. to one. So there's still a lot of love for Derby. That squad's still very, very strong, but um, disappointing uh, end of the season.
4: Yeah, and I can't help but, but feel that if they'd gone out when they sacked Paul Clement and made a real effort to get someone like Nigel Pearson in mid-season then maybe they would have had enough to get up because they've got the players there and they put an untested man in Darren Wassall in there and he did okay kept them in the playoffs and and they had a spirited fight back in that that second leg but ultimately it was just too far for them after the first leg which was after the disaster (laughs) but yeah, I think, you know, now they've got a man who next season, Nigel Pearson's got a terrific track record in the Championship and indeed the Premier League in the, the latter months of his uh, spell at Leicester City. We're more on them later, obviously, but they they can be optimistic, I think, of next season. But uh, yet again, another season where they'll look back and think, we've spent an enormous amount of money. We've got players with Premier League experience, internationals in our squad, and they've fallen short. Middlesbrough then, finished second. It all came down to that final day, didn't it? Um,
1: uh, with the uh, the game against Brighton the 170 million pound game or however it turned out yeah, what was it at the start 5 years ago <laughs> i don't know uh, 90 80 90 inflation so, mate that? inflation 50 million? yeah uh, but they've got over the line and after last season when obviously they got to the playoff final and lost to Norwich Really good, I think, personally, to see Middlesbrough back in the Premier League and great to see that stadium rocking, which it was on the final day, understandably. And that was a hell of a pitch invasion as well.
7: Yes, I think so. I mean, if you think of some of the dog days they've had over the last 10 years after relegation with Auden Strachan spell in charge, which was particularly disastrous. And I think I told Karanka last season they maybe weren't that convincing. But now he's he's really taken them forward and I think they had a very, very strong team in all positions, particularly at the back. I think Daniel Ayala was, was a really key figure for them and George Friend. Both of them, I think, made the PFA team of the season and then players like Adam Clayton and uh, Stuart Downing you know, coming back from the dead in midfield um, were also very effective and then they just got Jordan Rhodes in to kind of help them over the line.
4: Yeah, very, very impressive that they managed to do it in the end. I mean, by the skin of their teeth with the draw against Brighton on the final day and you can't talk about Middlesbrough without referencing that weird seven ten day period where we all thought Karanka was going to leave he, he, he left the squad and they went to Charlton to lost away, to Charlton, yeah. and they lost, which which came very close to costing them at the end at the end of the day. But they just managed to recover some momentum. That game where he came back, it was on the Friday night. Nugent scored, didn't he? Uh, right late on to give him the give him the points at the end. And they've recovered again. The strength has been built on their defence. They still still I think that was
1: against Hull, I think, wasn't mm, it? Yeah. yeah,
4: still haven't really been as fluent in attack as as some of the other teams around them. Next season that will be an issue for them going up, but. One thing that should give them hope next season, and this, this is sound the alarm. This is going to be this is the first first mention of Watford today, uh, right? As as we well, saw, we've had
1: 170 of them. We might as well get them in the last as one. We
4: saw when we went up this season, compared to say a team like, uh, like Norwich, or even Bournemouth to a lesser extent, is that if you've got a solid defence. That is an excellent platform to build on in the Premier League. If you're trying to step up to a higher level, it's. it's I think it's easier to to build from the back and then add some flair players going forward. It's harder, say, if you're a high-scoring Championship team to come in and 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 stop the other teams from getting at you. So I think it stands them in good stead going forward. And I'm pleased as well that they've they've managed to do it. Steve Gibson, the chairman, gets a lot of plaudits. I think rightly so. The the area there's been a lot of a, a lot of stuff I was reading around the end of the season. I think there was a piece by George Friend, who's a local lad, um, talking about how much it meant to the town, given given the climate, given the, the, the industry that's been taken out of that place. And, and football is a huge, huge part of that community. And for them to get up, at the time they've done it finally i think it's it's a it's a, a thing that we should all be be pleased about really and hopefully they can go from strength to strength cuz i mean they you know think back not so long ago playing in the uh, Europa league, league final very successful premier league club so it's yeah. there for them
1: um, mark what what were the uh, bookies thoughts on brighton at the start of the season
5: they weren't very well fancied at all, <laughs> thirty-three to one. Because um, last year, if I remember rightly, they, were, they weren't far off relegation.
1: No. Um, what a job he's done, Chris Eaton.
5: Yeah, uh, I just want to brag for a second because I backed for promotion at the start of the season, but um, oh. absolutely gutted to see them oh, no. <laughs> lose out by two goals and a goal difference. But yeah, what a fantastic job from Chris Eaton. I think. Their progress is all centred around Hughton, um, obviously they spent a bit of money, brought in some good players, interesting signings last summer, and the likes of Hamed, uh, who thrived in the league with struggling clubs and, and came to the Championship and, and seems keen to sort of roll up his sleeves and get involved. Um, but you could just see from the start of the season they were really well drilled. They had a good preseason. Everyone knew their jobs. It was that old horrible stereotype of um, everyone sort of pulling in the same direction, and I just I think you look at Brighton. We, Dave was talking about Middlesbrough there, and I just thought, I really want to see Brighton play in the Premier League. That club deserves it. They've been through the mill for the last 10 years. The stadium's there, the fan base's backs cheering them on. Uh, you saw that atmosphere in the second leg of the playoff semi final, and I just felt so sorry for that team when, when it didn't come off. They didn't get that goal in the first half, which really would have put the pressure on Sheffield Wednesday. But um, overall the season, bar Burnley, um, Brighton for me were the standout team. I thought they played some fantastic football. Um, looked really good going forward down the flanks uh, but equally very strong defensively and I thought I just felt so so sorry from the end of the season
4: yeah, I mean the other standout Israeli player for for them was Baram Kyle, who had a, a great season as well in midfield. Um, but it is int- Brighton are, are inter- an interesting case because towards the start of the season, when they were on their run, and we were all a bit surprised, we were kind of having them pegged as a traditional Chris Hughton side who were tight, organised. They were getting a lot of one goal victories, a lot of one nils or two ones, a lot of one goal victories. But in the end, they managed to they, they ended up the top scorers in the league was seventy two, and conceded forty two which was a lot higher than any of the teams around them. And and that's what did for them. They they were denied promotion on goal difference by two by virtue of two goals. And they must be kicking themselves, really, when they look back at what a season they've had to fall that short on the final day, and then again in the playoffs in that that second leg in that first half an hour it was one of the best games I've seen all season. It was like a hundred mile an hour stuff, and you really thought, right, they're going to do this, but they just, you know, Sheffield yeah. Wednesday managed to hold on, and it just didn't go for them. But Hutton's done a really, really good job there, and it will be interesting to see how they shape up next season.
1: So much to get through. So let's move on to the playoff final if we can. Sheffield Wednesday, well, their fans turned up, but. But the team didn't unfortunately mm-hmm. on the day they outnumbered the Hull fans considerably um, but Mo Diame with the goal to win it and Rob we've got this interesting situation and now I mean personally speaking I would have loved to have seen Sheffield Wednesday go up because it would have been a new team they've not been in the Premier League for uh, I think over 15 16 years, years 16 years yeah. and Hull have just been up but Hull have Hull are back up but they've got this weird situation off the field where Steve Bruce even though they've got promoted I think it's a record it's fourth, fourth time he's been promoted to the Premier League uh, he might not end up staying at the KC stadium Um but in the end, I suppose for Steve, Bruce, he, he got the job done.
7: Yes, he did. Um, although there's a lot of speculation about his future now, even though they have gone up. And I think you were saying on the podcast last week, uh, Alan Biggs was saying that there was still probably a 50% chance that, well, maybe a 25% chance that he'd leave uh now. So um I don't think they're out of the woods yet. But I think Hull their fans have attracted a lot of criticism for not turning up in huge numbers at Wembley, but I think it's partly understandable and I think there's a lot of guts there in terms of standing up to the the um poor decisions the regime have made. But coming back to the game, I think I think really that midfield when you look at the midfield of uh Livermore and uh up Huddleston and uh, Diame, and and you just that really sums up the championship over the last five years since you've started doing the podcast. Uh, the teams like Hull who with the greatest respect, a not absolutely massive team, even though they do have good, passionate support, are able to hold on to players like that after relegation is is really quite extraordinary. And it's something that I think those of us who were into football as little as 10 years ago would never have been able to foresee.
4: No, and I think it's only going to get easier for teams who come down from the Premier League to hold on to their players. I think we're already looking at a situation next season where be, I think this will be reflected with players as well but just look at the managers who are going to be in the championship next season you've got two Champions League winners who are going to be in there we'll and come on to that in a minute we'll come on to that but uh, I think I think there is a there has been a gradual trickle down of quality from the Premier League to the championship with the influx of money and, and that's what it all comes down to it's money 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 the teams that have been in the Premier League already and had the par- have the parachute payments like Hull have found it easier to keep hold of their players and to rebound at the first or second time of asking and that's only going to get bigger because those parachute payments are going to get more and more uh, vast in terms of the the, the sums we're talking about and it's going to be harder for those teams, the new teams coming up like Burton Albion for example next season, you know they're just going to be on a complete different planet to say somebody, well Aston Villa, Newcastle for for two examples.
1: Mark, I'm just looking at the table, your team QPR finished 12th with a zero goal difference, might as well not bother (laughs) this season.
5: (laughs) Yeah, it was a strange season really Um, at the start of the year I would have happily Taken 12th, um, and a really uninspiring, boring campaign with no one talking about us for the first time in a while, which was quite refreshing. Um, Obviously, that didn't start off that way with Chris Ramsey departing, uh, then Neil Warnock coming in, steadying the ship, and and suddenly putting the wheels back in motion. We started moving forward a bit more stable at the back, well, a lot more stable at the back under Ramsey, which just seemed 11 players go out on the pitch and enjoy yourselves, really. which worked in a couple of games but uh, on the vast majority we were getting found out quite embarrassingly at the back um, quite fun to watch but uh, obviously if you go, if you got ambitions for the top six which the club apparently did after keeping hold of Charlie Austin it um, wasn't ideal so then um, Jimmy's come in he's again sort of steadied the ship and, and just sort of suddenly the the uh, the atmosphere around the ground has changed. Um, I think people start to realise that, you know, this isn't our year. It's more important now for Rangers not to be a, a yo-yo club, just to stabilise, even stay in the Championship for another season. Um, just finally build a squad together, build a team, for, so we can try and emulate the likes of Burnley, who have been up, have come back down, but look stronger now going back up the second time and, and could potentially hold their own. Obviously, everyone's going to look at Leicester and see what Leicester achieved. They were down there in, in a you know, worse off position to ourselves in the Premier League and, and just won the Premier League title. So um, it's been difficult from the supporters, but I think finally start, there's an air of sort of expectancy now that we're um, in, going to be in a championship with the likes of Aston Villa and Newcastle. We're not the big money men anymore. We can kind of go about our business under the radar, uh, look, to, look to sign a few kind of hidden gems. I've seen this week of five or six players from across Europe. I've never Heard of who's been playing in the second tier of being linked to us. Um, obviously, Jimmy's looking at Burton's players again. You know, I'm, I'm kind of happy to be a QPR fan again rather than being that team at the top of the league with all the money. And everyone hates. It's quite been, been quite refreshing.
1: Good to hear it. Um, we're going to have to move things along a little bit. I would do quickly want to just mention roll off a few managerial changes because let's face it, we spent a large part of the last yeah. five years talking about them. Uh, Owen Coyle to Blackburn Rovers confirmed today, which is an interesting that, one. That I mean, has not gone down well. You know, gone from was it Houston
4: Dynamo in the MLS? Yeah. I think he was. Obviously. He's managed Ex-Burnley. Bolton. And, yeah. and Wigan yeah. in the past oh god he has yeah he's trying to do the North West Bla- set Blackpool next I don't think he's ever going to get the Man United job or so no. City for that matter, well, so there's no yeah. point trying to do all of them. Um, Alan's the, the Rovers fans have you seen on Twitter I haven't. The, when they announced the official announcement on oh, Twitter I bet the comments below were oh, really... brilliant awful like, <laughs> absolute
1: pelters um, so Paul Trollope the new Cardiff City manager Alan Stubbs has gone in, gone in at Rotherham um, and perhaps the the big one really is Gary Monk going to Leeds uh, Leeds United's last five managers um, Hockaday 58 days Milanić uh, Milanić um, 32 days Redfern 241 days Rosler 109 days Steve Evans 225 days and the stat of the year from Conor McNamara um, don't know if you saw it yesterday was that Leeds have had six managers since Jack Wilshere last played a full 90 minutes for Arsenal <laughs> Brilliant. Astonishing. Um, so, Gary Monk, lads. Is next year the year for Leeds? We say this every year. Um, it's just a bit of a car crash, isn't it, again, Rob?
7: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think as long as Chilino's there, whether he's officially in charge or unofficially in charge, I, I can't see them going anywhere. I think the league's too tough. Uh, like Gary Monk, I think he's probably pretty harshly treated by Swansea and being let go, but I just can't see. There's too much to do there. And, There's too many, um, there that's so that- many...
1: Teams. yeah that's the thing with Newcastle and Villa going down obviously appointing we can talk about a little bit about this now appointing uh, obviously Rafa Benitez Roberto Di Matteo two Champions League winning managers two giant clubs I mean Villa have been an ever-present in the Premier League for the last 23 years um, former European champions Newcastle obviously last time they came down to the Championship they, they you know went straight back up yep. as champions clearly you got two huge clubs there which is going to make it I mean perhaps Villa is a bit of a different situation because they're going to have such a turnover of players yeah but, but they've I, got a new owner well new that's money. true but straight away you'd have those two as the you know obvious standout favourites to get automatic and, promotion. And you
4: should mention Steve Clark looks like he's going to be Di Matteo's assistant. Yes, as well, he is, yeah. which is a further sort of yeah. uh, experience. I imagine, alongside him.
1: I imagine Mark that the odds, the any early odds for next season that there is already, because I'm sure there is some out there, would would suggest similar.
5: Yeah, Newcastle far and away the, the clear favourites are five to two um, but then you've got to go back to 10 to one and Norwich are second favourites you've got to then you've got uh, Derby and Villa around the 12 and 14 to one mark but um, yeah, Newcastle by far and away the clear favourites and understandable so as well with with Rafa Benitez and a clutch of Premier League big earners coming down to the Championship to play uh, at the likes of Burton um, you know it just doesn't seem quite fair when Burton are chalked up at 150 so uh, yeah, quite a huge disparity between the top and the bottom
4: of the league. Well, I mean, and just look at someone like Paul Hackingbottom, who in at uh, Barnsley, who, who now finds himself in the Championship next season, uh, all things being well, and he's going to be coming up against Rafa. And, and, and you know, this guy wasn't a manager well for three, four, five months ago. It's absolutely amazing. But just on Gary Monk, I find that a very intriguing appointment. I he couldn't be more different from Steve Evans. But Chileno is obviously still there. Yeah. obviously the fans still want him out I think when we did the first special on Cholino there was sort of a bit of a split between yeah. some of the fans thinking no this guy has got some interesting things to say he's a bit of a maverick we, we like him let's give him a chance but the doubters have been proved right I think it's fair to say over the last couple of seasons he is Mad, (laughs) utterly mad. I mean, just and that's just from the things that we that we know about him in public. And I've heard a few stories off the record of how he conducts himself. Oh, when we have a pint later, tell me closed doors, and it is astonishing, utterly astonishing. I mean, anyone who who looks at the details of the court case, the Employment Tribunal with uh, Neil Redfern and his partner, you know, just have a look at the records there, and it's crazy. Um, But he's he's managed somehow to to pull in Gary Monk, who until a, a you know a, a surprising i should say start to the bad start to the season with swansea was was being tipped as one of the you know the the great next young british coaches to going on to great things and and i i think it's it must be the lure of Leeds it united absolutely you know, you, you is. i was
1: thinking about this on train down today it's the lure of such a big club and being the manager and
4: I suppose that restarts
1: everything I for i suppose
4: them. it's 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 win-win situation for him in, in a way because if he gets them up And manages to somehow drag them up in spite of the owner. Great, he's in the Premier League with Leeds United, and who knows how far he could take them. If he doesn't, well, he can just say, "Well, look, I mean, it's not my fault. I'm working with a with an absolute lunatic, and (laughs) nobody's gonna, you know, no one's gonna do anything." So, and he'll get a payoff, I I assume. So, so I suppose there's not that much to lose for him on the surface. Reputational damage, maybe, if it's a real disaster. But he's the statement today. You know, he's saying he's sort of. Speaking positively about the owner, as you would do, and Cellino saying, I like his vision, and we're both committed to you know, we both share the same ideas and we're committed to going forward. It's going to be interesting to see, but I just can't help but feel that until Cellino leaves that club, they're not going to move forward in the way the fans want.
1: Well, another Yorkshire club who uh, are moving forward and they're still in the championship um, are Rotherham United.
4: Yeah, uh, amazing, really, because they've had a couple well, they have three managers this season Redfern, obviously, Steve Evans at the start of the season. Uh, and then Neil Warnock was when you know, they were they were dead and buried and there's a really interesting stat about Rotherham Ben Mayhew who's been a regular contributor to the show over the years with his uh, unique array of stats and, and infographics that you can find on his site Experimental361 he's done a thing called the Championship Footprints so you go onto the, the table and it shows you how many days each team has spent in each individual position in the league and Rotherham we're in the bottom three for a combined 162 days this season. That's between between bottom, second bottom, and third bottom. And then Warnock comes in, and remember when he came in, I was like, I was laughing at the appointment. You were. He's, you know, he's been around the block so many times. He's had so many last jobs. It's comical, and he still wants another one. <laughs> but he amazing, amazing run of form, and they comfortably avoided relegation in the end. But he, uh, he's not staying though. He he couldn't agree a deal to stay for next season. No, I'm, I suppose why would he really? He leaves with his head held high and he goes on to the next disaster that he can <laughs> that he can turn around.
1: <laughs> Absolutely right. I know Charlton, MK Dons, and Bolton got relegated, and uh, we will touch on a couple of those teams when we talk about League One after this. You're listening to the Final We Are Going Up podcast. you kill it get rid of it there you go there's only one place we can start uh, in League One that's going to be in the top 10 this weekend because there's been a charity version of it I think the proceeds go to Joseph's Goal which is the charity that Paul Kendrick the Wigan correspondent that we've had on loads is involved in um, and yeah all the proceeds going to charity and the remix is incredible of it but that is just one of the gazillion YouTube videos that have been done about Will Grigg who has been on fire top scorer in League One this season 25 goals Wigan Athletic champions Um, winning it by two points from Burton Albion in the end and it marked a very successful first full season in charge for Gary Caldwell and Rob Langan from the two unfortunates who's still with us when a team um, has been in the Premier League and then suffers the sort of double relegation you always worry that it's going to get hard for them to come back but um, they did it in some style in the end
7: oh yeah I mean they started relatively slowly and as teams like Coventry and Gillingham set the pace. I didn't think they were going to come back, but they always looked a strong team for this division, and so it's proved. I'm not sure how many fans in the championship will welcome them back, really, because they had become quite a familiar name in the upper echelons, and uh, it's one of the more sort of colourless away trips. I'd probably upset a few people
1: by saying that. that it's the last show, mate. No one cares. It's yeah, fine. so it was
7: but fair play to the team they've done well I mean I think having some good defenders like Donovan Daniels and Craig Morgan really helped and of course Greg has done well with the one caveat that he had that disappointing spell at Brentford and I'm not sure he's going to make the transition which is absolutely fascinating uh, I think he's made the Northern Ireland squad as well has, so yeah. really interesting to see how he does but I'm not holding my breath Yeah.
1: Could be sorry that's the Germans in, in France. Um Burton I'll be joining them in second. Now, Mark O'Hare can I pick you up on something here? Um, you probably know what I'm going to say already I only only know this because I um, obviously in the process of putting together some bits for this final show I listened back to the predictions that we did for League One at the start of the season in fact actually I don't think it was you Mark at all was it it was Mark Langham it was the other Mark so you're off the hook uh, who said that he thought Burton Albion were going to have a poor season because I said I fancied them for the double bounds sorry Mark it wasn't you at all Uh, and they went and got the, the second promotion in a row largely thanks to the man who is now in charge of your club Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank and that is a real Sort of uh, rags to riches story, I suppose, to go from non-league football uh, under the first spell with Nigel Clough to now being up against the likes of Rafael Benitez in the Championship.
5: Yeah, quite remarkable, really. Um, You think all the way back to when they're in League Two, uh, going really well under Gary Rowett, and then he left, and there's a a kind of spell of uncertainty, and before Hasselbank came in, and and I for one held my hands up and thought this is going to be a disaster. Um, So. Jimmy obviously set the ground running with the team. I think they lost three three games in his 30 games in charge as they went to League Two title, came back up into came back up into League One for the first time. And I didn't think they'd go well. I didn't think they'd go badly. I thought they'd, they were solid enough to sort of uh, just hover around mid-table and just do what and do, really, just grind out 1-0 victories here and there. Uh, there's no real stars in that team. They're just a very hard-working, organised outfit. And you can see that in their results to the start the season. They just hit the ground running they were confident, they were compact, they were really difficult to beat, scraped out a few victories, didn't really score too many goals either. Um, but then, uh, obviously, when Jimmy left, there was a, that little, another spell of uncertainty, and Nigel Cruff eventually coming in. If you look at their results, actually, after towards the end of January, towards the end of the season, they didn't actually win that many games. You can't really say they wobbled, but um, their form wasn't really uh, consistent they winning, drawing, sort of losing. You know, there was no real consistency, but I think the fact that they were so far ahead of the pack um, and they'd given themselves such a, a fantastic start. Um, Certainly before and during and just after Christmas, uh, they were churning out victories left, right, and centre, and they they looked unstoppable at that moment. Obviously, they sort of, uh, whether they got the jitters towards the end of the season or, or whatever else. But they, they saw out the job, and it's quite remarkable, really, to see Burton now in, in the second tier. They were chalked up around 33 to 1 to, to win the league at the start of the season. So, for a promotion price, you're looking at anywhere but sort of between 10 to 1, 12 to 1 ish. Um, I know quite a few people who were on them as well who expect them to carry on that momentum, and it just shows, you know, if it seems all pulling from the same direction, anything is possible.
4: Nigel Clough has sort of done a Nigel Clough. So, normally in, in the past, when he left Burton, at the end of the season then someone else took them up into the league and then it was Holiday, wasn't it Uh, then he left Derby when they were sort of hovering and McLaren came in and came within 90 minutes of taking them into the Premier League uh, and finally, Clough's come back when someone else has <laughs> yeah. laid the foundations and he's finally got a
1: promotion under his belt. Brilliant to see them up in the second tier next season. In the playoffs, it was victory in the end for Barnsley, You were bottom of the league a little bit. What a bit, story. A little bit like Rotherham, you were saying they were down the bottom uh, for so much this season. Barnsley were bottom so of the table they'd before Christmas. They lost 9 or 10 in a row. I was under Lee Johnson, wasn't yeah. it? Johnson
4: um, just got the run going, as we yeah. were talking to, about to, to Alan Biggs last week, and then left him to, to move on to Passage his new Bristol City and step in. Paul Heckingbottom and they have been flying and they, they did it on they did it on Saturday uh, an amazing story
7: well there's that ridiculous stat isn't there that they were actually bottom of the table for a few days at the start of December mm. and I think Sam Winnell you know, he's been really key I mean he's got sort of 23 goals um, but I think the thing that really attracts me is that apparently they play really really good football I haven't seen that much of them but apparently there was a real contrast in that playoff final to Millwall who were you know, knocking it up to Steve Morrison, and um, and uh, you know, generally, yeah, Lee Gregory, and generally kind of playing fairly kind of attritional football. And I think uh, you know, Barnsley apparently quite pleasing on the eye. So I think it might surprise a few people next year, but
4: maybe Mark's odds will speak differently <laughs> well the two goals certainly were spectacular oh, goals didn't they Hamill's goal <laughs> oh my wonderful. days but they I mean, they've done what has happened in, in all three playoffs um, this this season in, in so much that the third team who just narrowly missed out on promotion didn't go up and then the team way behind them managed to do it in, in, in the end I mean, Barnsley were what 10 points behind Walsall going into the playoffs and they're the team that managed to do it in the end Um so they've had the momentum. Doesn't, it's not always the case. It's a bit of a cliche, really, to people suggest that that always happens. It, it, more often than not, it doesn't. But this season, it's the team that have risen late into the playoffs that have done it. Um,
1: so go on.
5: Quickly on, on Um Rob mentioned that the terrible statistic where they were bottom of the table in December. They were 500-1 to one to win promotion uh, on the 1st of December. Uh, they just lost, was it, nine, nine games in the trot? I think yeah. it was a club record or went back sort of 40-odd years. And yeah, they were 500-1. to one. So... Just a stunning story for me. That's one of the best stories of the football league season.
4: Absolutely. And um, next, imagine it- if you'd had a double on Barnsley and. Leicester
5: <laughs>
1: yeah. well you wouldn't be here anymore you've been yeah. the Bahamas somewhere um, next season we're going to have Bolton and Charlton and MK Dons back in League 1 Bolton Wanderers have been you know, if um, if Barnsley have been one of the feel good stories of the season Bolton have been quite the opposite Mark uh, what, what are the odds saying for League 1 for next season have you got any odds in front of you because I'm quite interested by this yeah
5: um, you probably won't be too surprised to hear Sheffield United are favourites oh really <laughs> um, League 1 favourites traditionally have a, a terrible record at winning the league I think it's can I just say just like.
1: Sorry to interrupt. I mean, that is a complete. That is a, a sort of um, a mainstay of this podcast Very over the last so. five years. The yeah. words Sheffield United favourites, League One promotion, yeah. Yeah. all in one bubble. Sorry, carry on. It's all right.
5: Um, yeah, they're seven to one. Um, I think the favourites of League One have won won the actual title once in in something like 22 years I don't have the statistics at hand Um, so don't be back in Sheffield United next year not that you will Uh, Bradford's second favourites 11 Millwall 12 to 1 MK Dons and and Bolton sort of hovering around there and Oxford interestingly at 14 Um, so yeah Bolton kind of expected I think it's just what the bookmakers do really any relegated clubs they just stick them up towards the sort of top end even if they don't think they're going to do too well I'm not sure what the current situation is that the finances are Bolton this, at this moment in time, but um, I think for anyone to see them relegated this year from the Championship wasn't too much as a surprise coming into the season. Um, obviously, I was a bit surprised when Neil Lennon is in, in charge. I accepted him to sort of rally the troops a bit, but they really started to fall apart. Uh, the, the squad was so thin, uh, and obviously the, the cash flow problems really sort of hit them hard in the end. So uh, I can't see Bolton bouncing back at the first attempt, but 14
1: to one there if you want to.
4: And Charlton. I mean, for, for quite different reasons, but in just as much of a state as Bolton,
1: they're a real team. Have been through their ups and downs while we've been doing this podcast. They've mm. been champions. They've been down. They've been. So they're, they're always something's always happening with them. They're very rarely mid-table. Just one of those sides. Um, and yeah, I mean the unrest there. I mean, how much worse is it going to get? I guess that's the question.
7: I mean, I think it's been disastrous. I mean, the Châtelet regime—it almost has been kind of asset stripping, really. No interest at all. Terrible kind of day-to-day management. Um, absolutely no way they can come back. I don't think, as long as that regime's in charge. And I would agree with Bolton as well. I mean, they're not even in the running. MK Dons, on the other hand, I think were fairly conservative with their transfer policy and got probably their just desserts by going down. But only relatively narrowly had some good results against some teams and keeping Carl Robinson I think is important because he's been there a long time they have a good youth team that have been bringing players forward like Delhi Alley in the past etc so they might be my favourites early on I think for promotion wouldn't surprise me if Carl Robinson
4: leaves this summer he was linked with Leeds wasn't he he was linked with Leeds and I get the impression that if, if the right offer came in and the right job was there for him I think he might think that last season in the Championship was probably as far as he could possibly take MK Dons with, with the sort of resources they have and I don't know we'll see whether it, whether he sticks around but Charlton they they tried to get Chris Wilder didn't they from Northampton who's gone to Sheffield United he had, yeah he had talks with them, and then I think very quickly made it yeah. about turn after after speaking to the owners maybe doing a bit of digging on their situation because it, it, nobody I mean it, 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 it's, it's almost worse than Leeds really in terms of uh, walking into a complete and utter poison chalice there and I think until that ownership situation is sorted out it, it's not going to work How if he continues to try and do it how he's done it we saw last season those fans are not going to put up with it and it got bad enough towards the end of the season Burnley couldn't have their trophy presented to them at the end of the season because of the fears that Charlton fans were going to ruin it by running on the pitch, and I think it will continue to get worse and worse and worse. And we've seen similar scenes at Blackpool, haven't we, as well over the years? And it's it's bad. And I, th- I think we'll, we'll come on to the sort of the general issue of ownership a bit later on because I mean that's been another recurrent theme over yeah. the years, hasn't it? But just just back quickly before we move on to our to our footprints. There are two teams that will look back at this season and wonder what what could have been if they'd managed to maybe strengthen halfway through the season. Coventry and Gillingham, who in the end finished. Uh, so, uh, eighth and ninth. Coventry spent 17 days top of the league. There's been 83 days and 50 days, so that's what 130 odd days of uh, in from fourth and fifth in the playoffs. And Gillingham spent 52 days top, 43 days second, 82 days third, and 68 days fourth. And they, you know, they just petered out at the end to be nowhere near the playoffs in the end. And you know they'll be looking back, but maybe they can look back, you know, towards next season and think. One or two changes here and there, another good lone player like Adam Armstrong, like Coventry had, maybe they could do it. Well, Coventry can finally end that run of not
1: finishing the top six of any division since about the mid 70s or whatever it is now. Um, the four teams that were relegated from League One this season were Crew Alexandra, Colchester United, Doncaster Rovers, and Blackpool.
4: Colchester and Crew, very much a perennial league One <laughs> strugglers. Yeah, yeah.
1: They are, that's another sort of staple. Um, Doncaster have had their ups and downs in the championship remember they got relegated on a dick off way at Leicester didn't they in the last minute a few years ago they had that
4: amazing moment didn't they about a week before Deeney's moment where they, they did
1: Yeah, one of the highlights definitely against um, Brentford
4: yeah, against Brentford, wasn't it? Yeah, where they, they went broke down
1: away when Trotting missed up. the penalty at the bar, mm. yeah. Um, Blackpool have appointed Gary Bowyer. Oh, they're certainly close to appointing him anyway. The ex-Blackburn manager. There is a sort of merry go the managers. who just do, don't want to seem to leave Lancashire and yeah. will just sort of move to any club. Um, well, well, from yeah. the Venkies to the Oystons.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that's an upgrade or a downgrade.
1: Well, I don't know. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, right, let's talk a little bit about League Two. We've got to fly through this. I mean, if Leicester hadn't done what they'd done and we'll speak to a Leicester fan on the show a little bit later, and um, then Northampton. Hampton Town would surely be one of the stories of the season. 99 points. I mean, for someone like me who's got a massive OCD, that's just annoying. So close. One more draw, lads, along the way. One of those five defeats turned that into a draw. They won it by an absolute mile and joined by Oxford and Bristol Rovers next season in League One and missing out in the playoffs Accrington we'll talk about them Plymouth Portsmouth Wimbledon went up in the end now Rob Lloyd your fellow um, sort of co-founder of the two unfortunate uh, Plymouth fan correct me if I'm wrong um, but they just didn't quite get over the line in the end and they're another team that spent a large majority of the season in the top three
7: yeah that's right I mean they were in the top three for a lot of the season and just petered out at the end and then turned in by all accounts quite a poor performance at Wembley against AFC Wimbledon I feel a bit for them really I mean I think they had a couple of quite key injuries, particularly their star player um, Carey, who who was really effective, and um, the manager was was uh, you know uh, you know a, a real success story coming in from Ross County. So I think they'll probably come again. I mean, they're a big team for that league, and they had a couple of you know good win in the playoffs against Portsmouth and beat them in a in a dramatic game a few weeks before the end of the season as well. So so I think they'll come again, but disappointing. I think with Northampton. Uh, you know, tremendous achievement, obviously. But I think it maybe highlights one of the issues with modern football in that they had real financial trouble earlier in, in the year. And I think in the autumn, I think you yourselves ran a programme where you were looking at this sort of £10 million black hole and a stand that hadn't been constructed, etc. And it seems a bit odd to me that, you know, the way the game is up it is a business, obviously. Someone can come in, buy the club and those debts just go and, and suddenly they're able to launch again. So, um, you know, tremendous effort to keep playing well on the pitch and even before that they have been doing relatively well but um, I feel a bit sorry for some of the other teams particularly Accrington who I think everybody must feel sorry for.
1: I feel so desperately sorry for them. But if you can't beat Stevenage at home on the last day when you're trying to get promoted, um, who've had a a dog of a season, then it's, you know, unfortunately, you leave yourself open to what happens there with a last minute goal for Bristol Rovers.
4: But then John Coleman, you know, just shows you the, the situation that Accrington are in. They've had a great season this season and they've been steadily improving. Whenever he's been at the club, he obviously had his little spell where he went away to Rochdale and came back but whenever he's been at the club generally speaking he's improved them year on year but next season he's already saying survival is the priority and this is a club that narrowly narrowly missed out on on automatic promotion they are among the very very smallest clubs in the entire uh, football league and it's always going to be difficult for them but one thing I, 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 that passed me by until I was doing a bit of research and research on them earlier on they play at the Wham Stadium now what? it's called the Wham Stadium what was it before? It was the Crown Ground, It's yeah. Still the Crown Ground, yeah. But the, the the name now is the Wham Stadium. I mean, I don't know if they exclusively play Wham. Can we fade a bit up here, time? Um, Mark, is there anything from League Two this season
1: that you sort of um, you want to bring up that you feel is worth mentioning?
5: Uh, I was going to talk about Accrington. I think you've already touched on it, really. But last season when they lost their captain Luke Joyce and Kai Smith was pinched by, by Portsmouth as well. Uh, unsurprisingly they, they start the season as a hot relegation of favourites as they do every year they're 150 to 1 to win the league but um, going on my stats and my records that I keep for each football league game which is sort of giving me a, a bit of a, a good idea about ratings and whatever else uh, Accrington's pretty much dominated nearly every single game they played this year Uh on my ratings and through a lot of stats gurus they were, they were rating highest in League 2 they were the best team in League 2 all season despite the results uh, Northampton were very very clinical uh, Accrington just weren't and on that final day I think they hit the woodwork twice against Stevenage uh, it just shows, it shows the fine margins in the football sometimes um, desperately disappointing for them but uh, no apart from that Portsmouth really Portsmouth of the season as 5-1 to favourites so d- sorry to Mark favourite. so,
1: sorry Mark he's been up to someone in there <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you doing? Look, at, right. I, I, I wish you could see the grin on this man's face. He's worked out how to use YouTube. Just dip the song a bit, mate. Dip the song I'm a bit low in the level. There we go. That's all right. There you go. We're we just going to keep this playing in the background, are we? <laughs> Why not? Okay, fine. Right, I think we're only allowed to play about thirty. Get to the chorus. Can you not get something? Okay, no, I'm, get rid I'm of not bit, okay. that. Okay, get rid of it. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> Carry on. He's, he, he's in a childish mood. It's the last one. <laughs>
5: Uh, I was just going to just laugh at Portsmouth, I guess again they started the season as nice to favourites they're already 5-1 to favourites again for next season uh, I think we all expected it to be the year for Paul Cook uh, after what he achieved with Chesterfield uh, obviously it didn't work out that way I don't think it ever really looked like um, taking top spot in the league or really in the top three either they just hovered around in the a, in a top six um, uh, another disappointing season for them
4: but a brilliant season for Bristol Rovers to get automatic promotion first season back yep. in the football league uh, it's amazing, and, and it just shows how, how good a job Daryl Clark has done. That He turned down the, the offer of becoming Leeds manager <laughs> yeah. as well. I mean, he's done an amazing job there. I turned and, down and that as well, up. mate, just
1: to let you know. <laughs> I think everyone's been offered a Leeds job. <laughs> Gary Monk's the last one left.
4: Yeah, and the uh, just to look at the bottom of the table, the two teams that are the final two relegated during our, uh, our tenure as watchers of the Football League, Dagenham and Redbridge, who have flirted with relegation for a good few years now but of course at one stage during the podcast we're up in League One the heady heights of of League One and York City as well and they were both well relegated as well
1: Do you want a list of the teams that we've lost in the last five years? Mm. These are the teams that we're never going to get back they've gone for good York City Dagenham and Redbridge Tramere Rovers Aldershot Torquay United Macclesfield Town Hereford United Hereford's full stop now isn't it Uh, Southampton West Ham United Hull City have obviously gone up Crystal Palace Burnley Bournemouth and who's the missing one everyone? Watford there you go Uh, right in just a second then we're going to talk a little bit about League 3 and we'll speak to some old familiar voices as well this is the final we are going up podcast So before we let Marco O'Hare from We Love Betting and Rob Langham from The Two Unfortunates go for the final time, we're going to have a very quick chat about these proposals suggested by the Football League and their chief executive, Sean Harvey, a couple of weeks ago, all about what um, the Football League or the EFL could look like from the start of the 2019-20 season. The proposals are for an extra division to be created, meaning you've got a League 3, so you'll have a championship, a League 1, a League 2 and a League 3. Each division would have 20 teams in them and some of the selling points include a reduction in the number of midweek matches per division down to one I think it's about nine in the championship at the minute Um, and also well there's got to be 65% support sorry for these changes to go through Um, some of the arguments on the opposing side though also are uh, that it would see a drop in match day revenue because um, some of the smaller clubs would go from having 23 home games in the league a season to having 19 and obviously a large percentage of their income comes from match days uh, so that could leave some of the smaller clubs in the football league in a slightly worse off financial situation Uh, Rob uh, Langer from the Two Unfortunates you've written a piece on this on your site and we actually had you on when we did our big Say No to League 3 special a couple of years ago. What do you make of these new proposals?
7: I think, as I said in my article, I think they're fairly half-baked. And in fact, I think I made a bit of a mistake, actually, in stating the 65% thing, because I think it's actually 65 out of the 72 clubs have to Mm. agree to it, which means it's pretty much dead in the water. Um, Several chairmen already have spoken out against it, because losing... Four games batchs stay income is just something they can't possibly contemplate um, i would I was cautiously welcoming of some of the aspects of the proposals personally midweek games. I do enjoy them now and then but one of the big problems is getting back after the games particularly on public transport which is simply impossible if it's over a distance of about 70 or 80 miles and you know there are too many games and there are too many boring games i mean maybe that's because i support reading and it's been a particularly torrid season but i think there are i think it's fair enough to kind of try and look at ways that things can be reformed but I don't think this, this set of proposals will, will exist in their current state at the moment, but I think it is a sign that reform is something that they're constantly contemplating the Football League, and I think we will see some kind of change in the next two or
4: three years. There's a piece that I think I came across because the two unfortunates retweeted it, Rob, um, from the, the uh, blog called The Ugly Game. Uh, and he did a really good sort of dissection of this of this whole situation I'm just going to read a paragraph from it now because I think it sums it up better than, than I could ever wish to uh, so, go back to my original list of issues, add a few of your own that I missed, and then see how many this grand plan addresses. Even a generous interpretation would have to admit they will only really tackle them in a tangentennial way. Nothing on safe standing or community ownership, no reformed owners and directors test, nothing to drastically boost club incomes or the league's popularity, nothing on coaching and academies, possibly slight cost and price reductions, no new money extracted from the Premier League for declogging the fixtures' calendar. It is the grandest plan for accomplishing next to nothing <laughs> since Frederick the Great gifted the moon to someone as a thank you over 200 years before the invention of space travel <laughs> brilliant <laughs> who, who wrote that so it's the We're ugly, on the, it's the ugly it's the, game the ugly game. WordPress. I don't actually know who the guy is who, who's done that I'll look WordPress. that up yeah. um, mark any thoughts on this
5: first <laughs> when I saw them first I wasn't I wasn't completely against them I'm quite I'm quite a traditionalist so normally I would be massively opposed to it but I was I was quite interested to hear what it was about, why it was being done. Uh, I couldn't really understand why, um, apart from to reduce players' workload, which might have a potential benefit then to professional players playing in in the Football League and then, obviously, to help the English national side. And I'm not really sure how a 20-team League 3, League 2 or League 1 has any impact on the English national team at all. I'm still struggling to work out why we're doing this. Um, as I say, I'm a traditionalist. I love the 24 teams in the 24 league uh, teams in the football league because because of the games, because of the fact it's happening so often. I love my football league. I love turning off a, a, from a Saturday evening and then looking straight ahead to the Tuesday night fixtures. Um, Although, interestingly, they're talking about travel, saving travel costs and travel time as well in midweek fixtures, but I'm pretty sure last year there was some sort of initiative in the, the fixture list to ensure that there was more local derbies or, or localish games at the weekends rather than midweek. I'm pretty sure more than one occasion, the likes of Reading, QPR and Brentford were playing midweek games sort of 100, 150 miles away um, on a Tuesday night. Um, it just didn't really make any sense to me. Surely you want your local games local on a Tuesday night so you can get to and from them. But uh, you know, to me, there's not enough substance as to why we're doing this to, uh, to really support it.
4: And, and it seems to me that there was very little consultation with the clubs before these proposals came out. Now, I mean, the idea is to now consult and to talk through and eventually have, have a vote. But... The Bradford ch- co-chairman at the time, um, Mark Lorne, was very outspoken about these proposals and said, we haven't heard anything about these. And bang, all of a sudden, they- there they were. I-, I phoned up a Football League chairman to- for comment on the day that it was released and he had no idea. He didn't even know they were out, and which seems, seems a shambolic way of communicating with, with your members. And I just... I think the, the 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 thing about reducing the games played I think it's I think they're massively massively overplaying that I think yes it, it is an issue for some fans to travel long distances on midweek, but for some fans it's also something that they they enjoy perversely and they they love to do. It's part of the experience we've all had memorable long midweek or, or even Saturday away trips where we lose four 0 but you look back on those times and think, you know what it's what it's all about, and we had great time. we had a laugh while we were there. so I think if you got rid of the midweek. to to such a level that they're trying to I think you you definitely lose something from the from the game and they're they're talking about being able to reduce the squads because there's going to be less games are they going to pay the players less the players going to still want as much money as they're getting now probably but they're going to be less games there's going to be less uh, opportunities for income for the for the clubs that which is something that um, a number of chairmen have said will will really really hurt us season ticket prices they going to all go down as well because it's less games and then fans are obviously going to not want to play as much, but yeah, the clubs are going to want to keep them the same. I think that, you know, there was a lot of stuff in that that list of benefits where you look at it and think, well, who's actually benefiting from that? Why are the Football League bothered about trying to minimise a clash with UEFA? Well, and, that, yeah, this the is Premier a large league. part of it. Isn't Who it? are these eight teams going to be? They, Sean Harvey has said that it will probably be t- you know teams from the uh, from the national league, from the conference and the, the, the non-league structure. But there's no confirmation of that. You have to you have to look back and think: Are there going to be B teams? They've already said there's going to be B teams in the JPT, but that's not really going to help anything because they're only going to get one or two, three games, four if they're lucky. So are the Premier League going to try and sneak some teams in? Celtic and Rangers is that is it a way of Trojan horse of getting them in? I, I, I smell a rat and I, I don't think it, the Football League as we heard there from the piece I read out are really tackling the issues that they should be tackling they waste time on farting about with a pointless rebrand they, they come out with this proposals <laughs> out of nowhere when there was no real cry no real need for it and I think that there are big issues with ownership with finance and they are clearly in hock to the Premier League and I've, I've had a really interesting stat that I saw on Twitter from Sporting Intelligence the other day since the Premier League started the Premier League teams, and obviously this includes quite a lot of teams who are now in, in the, the football league, in the football league, various levels, because they've had they've been up there. Yeah. But the Premier League teams have made collectively fourteen point eight billion pounds in that time, and the the football league in that time made twenty three point nine million from revenues, you know, to, to yeah. related to television and, and sponsorship and all that. And that just shows you, and that gap's not going to get any closer. In the in the coming years, the the TV deals are getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and and you just wonder why can't the football league do a better job of really selling the product that it has now? The product that it has now is great; it's very well attended. Across, I think mean, record the board. attendances. I think yeah, this across season, across the board, there are you know there's more and more good players in the leagues. The standard of football, on average, I believe, is going up across the board, and yet they just mess around and they never get to the heart of the issue. Sort out your fit and proper persons test. Don't let people like Massimo Cellino own football clubs. Don't let Roman de Châtelet ruin Charlton. Don't let the Premier League decimate the academy system under the guise of helping the national team. It's not necessarily your job to help the national team. It's your job to. Be as good as you can be for your members, the teams that are in it, and, and therefore the fans. The fans are the things that make it the best league structure in the world. And so often, they just, they're just they just an afterthought. Do we know when the vote is? I think it'll be, they've got a meeting this summer. They all go off to Portugal, don't they, for a, for a nice <laughs> lunch they? and a few rounds of golf. and, and their meeting. <laughs> not bad, is it? And then next summer at the same right. meeting, I think, will be the vote. Did did that feel good, by the way?
1: Final time on your soapbox? Yeah. (laughs) I enjoyed it. It was good. Um, Mark, uh, thank you so much for uh, coming on throughout the years and giving us all those odds. And I believe you've had your head buried in Euro 2016 stats for the last few weeks. Is that (laughs) right?
5: Yeah, just a bit. The last three weeks have been pretty intense. But we've produced a a 96-page magazine on the Euros. It's online. It's free to download. Um, So I hope people... Uh, have a look enjoy it so uh, can,
1: can they get that on the wheel of betting website
5: yes yeah or on Twitter either way it's just a straight link and it will take you to the magazine you can read through it online
4: I think if you'd followed Mark's tips over the years on on our podcast <laughs> and on Twitter you' probably without having looked at the stats probably would have made a fair bit of money along the way so I'd, I'd certainly advise you have a look ahead of the Euros and of course next season you'll be doing all the Football League stuff as you do every week I'm sure won't you yes
1: yeah, yeah, looking forward to it already yeah, so some people are sticking it out unlike <laughs> <Yeah>. us
4: um, <laughs>
1: Rob Langer for the two unfortunates thank you as ever and I hope your blog isn't going anywhere
7: no, no, we, we're hoping for a post on Newcastle next week from Ben Woolhead, who's a regular contributor, and then I'm hoping for some more content, particularly once the Euros are finished. Um, we've been a bit quiet lately, but we had a couple of good series over the course of the last season, including one on Football Cities, which people might remember, which went down really well, mm. and stuff on ownership. And I have to say, just um, I thought David's uh, epitaph <laughs> for we are going up there was... I agree with every word of it. It was absolutely superb. Um, you know, those are the big issues that David highlighted, not league reorganisations.
1: Guys, thanks so much and uh, take care. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Um, right, before we uh, hear from some more familiar voices, let's have a listen, first of these, uh, to some bits from We Are Going Up over the last few years where things didn't go... You can close your ears now, Didn't go exactly to plan. We are going up. Here's some bits where... Uh, it, it went wrong. Hello, one two, all good. Right. Um yeah, thanks for doing this again, mate. Um oh. What have you done there?
4: You still you still there, Paul? No, he's gone. Alright, oh, I was gonna say. Unbelievable season. <laughs> <laughs> Start the season yeah, did you yeah. mean to go on? <laughs> I'm woefully short of match fitness here. I have not done a good pre-season. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Huddersfield. <laughs> you'll want to watch this season. <laughs>
4: They sat their manager after the first game. They finished 16th.
1: What's going on here? Has he been sent off? Been sent off? Matt Tubbs has been sent off there. Amongst all that. You, I don't know. You were raving about Ben Harrison and um it was our second yellow and Matt Tubbs has just disappeared straight down the tunnel in front of us. It wasn't that
4: bad a miss? wreck. <laughs>
1: Quick reverse the curse uh, Last month uh, We had Luke Chambers In the championship That's not working. No, no. <laughs> um, yeah. Cameron, Cameron Belford In League 2 Not even playing For us anymore and That's, that's Barely, not working. Very game
4: I'm afraid I've got some Very bad news For you And for the Literally tens Of fans That have made The journey uh, To the crown ground For this big match Between Atkinson And Rotherham In the Alan Johnson's Paint Trophy We've had Seven metres Of snow You can't even See the pitch Let alone Really walk on it So, uh, earlier today, me and DC spoke to the Bristol Rovers manager, John Ward. Could could you perhaps see one day him taking over, maybe in in a few years down the line, if you continue to have sex and... uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, we can't do that. Sorry, (laughs) (laughs) if you continue to... That'll be one one of the the outtakes. That's staying in. Yeah, I'll pick up up from there.
6: Yeah, we're pretty close, but not
2: that close.
1: There you go. We had to play it by public demand. Your, we are going up highlights when we spoke to the Bristol Rovers manager, John Ward. There you go. Uh, We had to get that Lovely man, though. Oh, lovely man. Where is he these days? Uh, I can't remember who knows know. we, probably should, we probably should have looked that up <laughs> anyway right we're going to speak to a familiar voice now like I say if you're a new listener and you've only listened to us for the last couple of years you might just think it's me and uh, DC have done the podcast but back in the day there was a few more of us and when we started back on that very first show I listened back to it this week uh, or certainly at the start of it. Anyway, uh, we all do a little. not quite put yourself in the whole <laughs> yeah. thing. No, I can't put myself to listen to any of them. Um, we uh, we did a little getting to know you exercise at the beginning, finding out about everyone's clubs. And I think it's fair to say that of all the clubs that the um, the five of us support, one of them has had a particularly good couple of years. So you're going to press a button over there, which is hopefully going to dial up a friend of ours. There we go. Not sure he knows that so we're dialing in live. Let's see if he answers. What if he doesn't answer? Hello. Hello. Jim Knight, you? you are live on the We Are Going Up podcast. How the devil are you?
3: I'm all right. How are
1: you, guys? Yeah, very well, thank you, mate. good. Good to speak to you, mate. Yeah, long time no speak. How times have changed. Oh, no. (laughs) Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, Now, I'm not sure. Do we need a bit of Nesson Dorma to start off? Should we get Andrea Bocelli in for you? I've still got
3: Whamland. That's that's, my standard appearance, like, rider this time
1: of year. Okay, right. Well, DC, you you work on that. Um, Now... Listen to this, uh, Jim. Uh, this is Jim Knight, everyone. Long time listeners will know that. These these are the positions that Leicester City have finished in in the five seasons that we've done the We Are Growing Up podcast. In 2011 12, they finished ninth in the championship. In 2012 13, they finished sixth in the championship. In 2013 14, they finished first in the championship. In 2014 15, they finished 14th in the Premier League. And in 2015 16, and they only went and won the bloody Premier League.
3: <laughs> Jim, what's it been like? No, it still hasn't sunk in. I'm not sure it will ever sink in, to be honest. It's just been just absolutely unbelievable. You just, can't, you just think about it. Sometimes you have to pinch yourself and you watch Sky Sports News or whatever and they're talking about the title winning side and you see all the highlights and stuff now. It just doesn't feel real at all. Absolutely incredible.
4: I assume you were there on the uh, on the day. You've had a season ticket, haven't you? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. So oh. since I moved back to Leicester, I've had a season ticket for two years. Um, so I was I was obviously going pretty regularly before that when we were in the Championship, and kind of basically after I finished uni, even when I was moved to London, I was getting back for for some games, but. Yeah, the last two years have been at pretty much every game. So we, we timed it right to get the season tickets and stuff, given uh, what's happened now. Because you can't buy a ticket for love nor money at the moment. Amazing. Um, understandably.
4: I mean, the thing with, thing with me and, and, and my sort of viewing of the Leicester City story this season, it's been a bit weird because obviously doing the job that I do and, and involved in talking and looking at sports every day and football in particular... It, it kind of at first it was like, well, they're not going to do this, are they? They're going to fall away at some point. And then, at, and then, kind of after the Man City result, and and yet, you, you know, you, you you didn't waver, you didn't fold at any point. I was sort of like, well, they are, they're going to do it. They, they are going to do it. And I got used to the fact that Leicester were going to win the Premier League long <laughs> yeah. before they did. And and so when you actually did it. With that crazy game at Stamford Bridge, it, it didn't really hit me then. I thought, "Oh, oh man, this, this is amazing! It's happened, brilliant!" But it wasn't until that day against uh, against Everton, Everton yeah. on the Saturday in the evening game when Claudio Ranieri was standing next to Andrea Bocelli who was wearing a Leicester (laughs) City shirt singing Time to Say Goodbye having changed the words to Time to Win Again for Leicester City with those fans behind them a sea of blue and and it was spine tingling and I, I just watched that screen and just went oh my they've won it they've won the Premier League they've done it and I, that was me with no connection to Leicester City whatsoever. I, I cannot fathom what it must have felt like for you and all the other thousands and thousands of Leicester City fans and people who've lived in Leicester all their lives and have seen their team rise so rapidly to an unimaginable pinnacle.
3: That's the thing. It might not even. Obviously, we've won the league this year, but I mean, the Champions League next year is just going to be another level, you know, depending on who we get in the group and stuff. That's just. I think it's just going to bring it home all over it again we're going to get three home games next year where it's just going to be that feeling of unbelievable kind of just I don't know it was just dumbfounded shock I, think, I mean, the a thing, lot of the
1: thing I always think about with Leicester in particular with this show is that I can mention this now because you've only, we've won the bloody Premier League so it doesn't matter <laughs> um, was the game obviously in the playoffs at Vicarage Road when it all sort of yeah, heartbreak in the last to, minute
3: that's as close to I've as I've ever been to being a broken
1: man. Yeah, like, I remember coming in to do the show with, with you both there, the first one that you were both there after that game and just seeing the, the contrast in emotions. And if you just yeah. said to me at that point, oh yeah, by the way, in three years, I think it's three years ago, in, in three years time, Leicester are going to win the Premier League. Win it. At that stage, they, they'd they not made it to Wembley. They were stuck in the championship to so not, not only get up, but to win it. And, and win it in style. Yeah, and to, yeah. it's just... oh yeah. It's, it's just mind-boggling so God knows what it's been like for you and I think there is some symmetry to this because I'm pretty sure in one of the first shows we ever did we had is it Stuart Hammonds on from the non-league paper who mentioned a striker had just gone to Fleetwood Fleetwood had just been promoted and he was like they've got this striker called Jamie Vardy we were asking him about teams that are coming up into the Football League and who to look out for and again at that moment if you said five years down the line he's going to be leading out England at Euro 2016 as you know the, narrowly missing out on the Premier League's golden boot it's just mind-boggling stuff.
3: I just, yeah, I think Vardy's the perfect epitome, really, of, of the Leicester City story, kind of that, not kind of rags to riches, because we've never been kind of down and out in, in that same way, but, you know, relatively, if you look at the financial power of a lot of clubs um, that were finished below us this year, um, it's just been a complete freak season. You know, how often are the, the champions of England going to have an awful start like Chelsea did and kind of drop away and finish, you know, when well, they finish eighth, seventh, eighth, and then, we're just going to come from basically being dead and buried with 10 games to go. You know, 10 games to go two seasons ago. We were, I think we were eight points, nine points off safety with 10 games to go. You were looking we at were,
4: becoming a regular member of We Are Going Up Again.
3: <laughs> you were. You
4: would have had to be back to London at that
1: point.
3: Renewing my season ticket back to London and back again on the train. Um, but yeah, you know, at that point we were contemplating life of the championship thinking we've had a good run. Uh, we've enjoyed our year in the Premier League. We've had some memorable results. Obviously, the Manchester United result, uh, where we beat them five three at home, was was that season. So we felt like we'd had, you know, our money's worth, so to speak, at um, the top flight. And then obviously to to stay up was was amazing. And we were just thinking the same again this year. And we just started well. <laughs> we just didn't stop. Um, the thing for me,
1: the thing for me is that if you're a fan of a Championship club who gets promoted. I mean the best you could hope for is to establish yourself pretty much what Watford have done this season at sort of mid-table and then you know hope to and kick on your few- manager well yeah <laughs> that's another story and hope to kick on in future years but to actually then go and win it in the, the second season that you're up is just I mean it's like Roy of the Rovers type stuff and for me it also wrote
3: it if you wrote it in a film, you wouldn't believe it. Yeah,
1: and it's. Well, and the, they're going to bloody write it. In a film well, like they have done, yeah. <laughs> and the, it's just the fact that, you know, this. obviously with you being part of the show at the start and then seeing Leicester, you know, not quite make it in the playoffs and then you left and then Leicester did, you know, they went up and then they won the league and now the show's coming to an end. It does kind of feel like it's all full you, circle. you try and take credit for it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Is I think it all we can.
4: Down to us. <laughs> I think we
1: can. It just feels we, like it's come full it's circle in the way. Single handedly won us the league. <laughs> Absolutely. Right, well. Uh, Lester I mean that story is just going to you know go on and on and on let's talk a few memories of doing this podcast over the last few years now I had a message uh, from Jim uh, a few days ago let me see if I can find this here we go and he says uh, memories of doom we are going up I've never paid so much attention to how recently someone tweeted as to when we were chasing guests at 5pm on a Sunday or Monday he tweeted me 46 minutes ago why hasn't he answered our DM exclamation mark, question mark, question mark and I think it's fair to say in that first few years um, you know, when you were pretty much on every show we were recording a lot on Sundays and we were reflecting the games that had just happened the previous day I think in those days we tried to do every game as we did at the start and we were often chasing around poor journos on Sunday afternoons and poor fans who were out with families and stuff and doing things and we're constantly looking for people to get on in particular with the Alan Johnston paint trophy as well Jim
3: oh Jesus Christ <laughs> I mean that was yeah that was just I mean because we had to put questions together for each guest on that obviously and then we tried to line them up in advance and it was just like it was it was absolutely no hope As I think that Sunday night slot is like the graveyard we
1: were like, all hungover as well yeah, a lot of the weeks it was
3: like, and the thing is, if we go out in the, on the Saturday night, as we did occasionally in London, you've got no prep time on the Sunday <laughs> because you've barely had a chance to watch the bloody Football League show because it was on at stupid o'clock in the morning with Manish. And, Good you know, old you Manish, got RIP. To, yeah, He's well, just, <laughs> it's just, yeah, it was it was thinking on your feet time, wasn't it? And, you know, obviously, Mark, you trying to get all the prep ready for the show. with Me and DC have got, well certainly I had a job that didn't finish till five o'clock so I was trying to do what I could and then get into the studio and kind of do stuff on a Monday but yeah, just oh, a lads, lot. I've not done the Scunthorpe question <laughs> <It was laughs> I've only got eight
1: questions. It was li- literally <laughs> like that, and we're just oh, like you, we're hoping oh, that they're not gonna not gonna take up the full 30, 30 oh, seconds, sixty seconds, because it's like oh thank God we haven't written, we haven't written a break yeah. question or whatever. <laughs> Mark
3: just have to speak a lot slower. Questions <laughs> eight, nine, and ten, it's trying to string them out, mastermind style, so that when the buzzer goes off. We've
1: not run out of questions. Oh dear! Um, some of the live games as well that we did. I think you came yeah. with us to Charlton, didn't you, for the the Charlton yeah. Barnsley game? I um, mean, those sides going very much in opposite directions at the minute, and that was one of the good things, wasn't it, to get and go, uh, get out and about, and go to do sort of specials on the road
3: yeah as much as we like we kind of have a laugh about it now it's still been a kind of fantastic experience and you know we've we've had a lot of great guests on and a lot of great local journalists and I think it's been a kind of resource for a lot of people who feel that the Football League isn't covered quite in the depth and breadth that they would like it to be you know a lot of the media is still focused on the Premier League and you know even the lower echelons of the Premier League until Leicester started doing something you know it's more all about the top six top seven so I think it's been you know it's been an incredible experience and we've got to interview some you know really decent personalities in the in the Football League apart from the scrambling around it's been a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> good stuff right mate thank you so much for coming on the last show and yeah, um, we'll awesome. all watch Leicester's fortunes in Europe with interest next season yes I hope oh. It was, it oh there it, it is <laughs> Jim you're going to have to get used to this mate
3: I know I mean
1: this is just yeah I mean it just sums think, it up doesn't it
3: talking about it not sinking in I think when you hear this at the KP next year I think that's when it will properly sink in um because it's been that hectic this year with, with stuff happening that I think that's when we'll have had time to reflect upon it properly and it'll probably sink in. I'll probably be a blubbing mess. I'll be on the sky, <laughs> yeah. like sobbing my eyes out when this comes on. And
4: then and the, the reality check the... will come when you get battered 4-0 <laughs> by Sevilla oh, yeah. in the first <laughs> <laughs> game.
3: Yeah. We'll get Sevilla, we'll get Hogs home and away. We'll finish bottom of the group with zero points and then we'll go back to being relegation fodder.
4: Yeah, Unvardi and Kante both break their legs in the Euros. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, no, no. take no. care, mate. Thanks a lot for coming on
1: thanks guys have a good one cheers Jim um, the, the problem with this Champions League music by the way mate is that the, the main bit isn't for about three minutes <laughs> yeah. yet
3: we'll have to leave it there to bring it out mate for another kind of Alan Johnson's pay trophy style to kind of get to the, the main crux of the music
4: I never thought we'd find a similarity between Wham I'm Your Man and the Champions League <laughs> team the we've done show. it today you're listening to the final we are going up podcast
1: OK, well, it's not only Jim Knight who was part of the team back in uh, July 2011 when it all began. Also, two men who should be both on the line right now, Carl McQueen and Stephen Toppo, topless. How the devil are you? 2011, Christ. I know, <laughs> 2011. <laughs> Toppo, you well, mate? Yeah, very good, thanks, mate, yeah. It's very weird to hear your voice on the phone and not on Skype, if you don't mind me saying
6: <laughs> yeah that takes
1: me back yeah you know, the way we used to do it at the beginning was we used to get I think i had Skype on my phone I'll Skype on the iPhone You just plug my iPhone into the desk and we'd have Topo live from Nottingham via Skype and the rest of us in the studio does that ring some bells
6: yeah that sounds about right I think it did used to drop out as well <laughs> oh <Not> really
1: <laughs> don't remember that personally <laughs> it's usually, it's usually <laughs> every single on. episode um, five years on I, I suppose we should ask you about your own clubs um, Carl we'll start with you what about Swindon's journey over the past five seasons first of In League One, then 6th, 8th, 4th, and 16th? Uh,
2: Yeah, I mean, 2011 would have been the year we got relegated, uh, I think. I've got to try and work this out now. Yeah, after we were in the playoff final against Millwall, so we got relegated that season, which was terrible. Then Paolo came in. Mr. Kennedy oh, came in Paolo. and the mask. Yeah. The Paolo uh, mask. Yeah, quite. Well, I was gonna say even though my favourite bit of the We are going up podcast the last five years, I think myself and everyone included would be the episode after the Johnston Payne trophy final gets.
1: Well, I've actually uh, written down on my notes here, Carl, um the first thing is just Paolo Di Canio face mask, Chesterfield coming yeah. in pissed. That's what <laughs> I've written know. down. <laughs> <That's just laughs> slanderous. I don't
2: know where that mask came to, but yeah, it was a wonderful day out. We lost two nil. Um I missed one of the goals at the bar Um, and we got promoted that season I think Chessfield got relegated uh, that season uh, as well um, but yeah I came in I've been halfway through the show my hangover kicked in <laughs> you did not <didn't> <laughs> uh, it?
4: any Luke Williams masks you. knocking around these days <laughs> I don't think so no. was, you know, he's got a shaven head
2: kind of not <laughs> similar to Paolo so I'm sure you could get away with it if anyone has kept up £5 pounds off Johnson Paint as well which I never took up
4: you never cashed in no you've got a house yeah, now as well could have come in handy
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: true. <laughs> um, Topo what about Forrest then um, I mean I don't even know where to start with the, 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 the journey that Forrest had been on over the past Five seasons, where are Forrest at now?
6: How long have you got, Mark? It's been a ridiculous five years. It's
1: uh... well, according to Dave, just to stop you there, we've we got all night because earlier we, there was a point that he didn't have time to make and he was like, We need to get this in. I was like, oh, I'm trying to keep it tight. It's the last show, like, I'll just do a three hour show. So, Toppo, you've got as long <laughs> as you want, mate.
6: <laughs> well, um, it's been a mixed bag over the, the past few years, uh plenty of ups and plenty of downs I think we nearly got relegated in the first we are going up season Um, just about stayed up and then Fawaz al Hassawi and his family bought the club and there were promises of Premier League football and great progress being made and it's just been a great disappointment really over over the time he's been here the one thing that has been consistent is uh, the changing of managers we've Mm. gone through so many um, and we've not really gone anywhere. Quite
2: often, Topo, it's been a case of not before getting rid of managers during the show. And I think going back to the episode where Steve McLaren was sacked well, halfway sh- through and to start again that's,
1: <laughs> that, that's something we haven't mentioned yet actually that is another thing that used to happen every week where
2: that must have yeah. been right towards the start when
1: that happened it McLaren was must have been around then. McLaren uh, you're yeah. right we started doing a show uh, we're talking about Forrest we're 20 minutes in and then someone oh crap lads he's just been <laughs>
4: sacked <laughs> got to start again so we started again the curse the we are going up curse is still alive and well to this day it's even been a couple of times this season you do a show on one team a manager's gone and the next day they appoint one or another team sacks one and makes the whole thing redundant but but, but Topo on, on, on Forest because we've talked a bit earlier on uh, about some of the, the dodgy owners that are knocking about still knocking about in the Football League Chilino obviously Venkis Charlton being Blackpool, being the, the sort of obvious ones that spring to mind, but Forrest sort of they kind of go under the radar the al regime um, because it's, it's not been utterly catastrophic. It's, it's not like ripped the club apart. He, he does seem to mean well. He seems to have some sort of feeling about for what the club is about and the history. Um, there's been no full scale riots and protests. But there has been a real malaise, there has been that change of managers, there has been a lack of direction, there has been promises of a lot of money being invested, you have invested money from time to time, uh, at, at various times along the way, you have some really high profile managers, Steve McLaren, Stuart Pearce, but the, the net result has been nothing, you've moved nowhere, you're still treading water in the championship and that must be really frustrating.
6: Yeah, and when you look over thousands of years in charge, every season we've finished in a lower position than the one that came before it. So that just tells you tells you the story, really, that we are going backwards. Um, and We've just come off the back of a, a poor season where there was not really much to shout about. We were under a transfer embargo and we had a manager in Dougie Friedman who didn't really inspire you both with his personality and the quality of his football. And that's kind of it's uh, sort of, uh, added to the pressure on Fawaz and the owners to get it right. Um, I, as you say, DC, I, I think he means well and he wants to be successful, but he's out of his depth and he doesn't know what's required to to run a football club. Certainly in this country it's very different to, to the way clubs are run in the Middle East, and I still think after four years now he still haven't got that. Uh, and that, that is what's worried me the most, that we keep, if we keep progressing the way we are or not progressing we can end up relegated
4: well, who's going to get the job next obviously Paul Williams was caretaker but he, he's gone uh, who, who the, what's the feeling amongst the fans and who do you want
6: well a few few names have uh, already gone uh, most notably Nigel Pearson who's now at Derby I think a lot of Forest fans me included would have liked to have seen him come in given the, the great work he did at Leicester um, Gary Monk was also linked obviously now at Leeds Di Matteo was also a name people wanted whether that was realistic or not i don't know um but that's the one name that keeps cropping up at the moment
1: is Neil oscar,
6: garcia.
1: Who? Uh,
6: oscar garcia who oh, oscar
1: garcia
4: is he back oh, to full right. health yeah i think he um, is yeah he is yeah
6: yeah he's i, I think he's been managing in austria or yeah red bull yeah and uh he's had a fairly successful time of it over there and I know he said before that he wants to come back into English football. He says it's it's a real pull for him. Mm. So I wonder if
4: he's got um, unfinished business. I mean obviously he was at Watford for about 2 weeks then had the health problems and 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 then we never we never saw him again. Um and he did okay. He did a decent job in his season at Brighton I, I think he I think he has got unfinished business. Did- do you, um, you know, you just mentioned their topo. You know,
1: every great series like Breaking Bad's Got Better Call Saul, sort of as a spin off. Um, you mentioned that we are going backwards, maybe that could be the spin off <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so we are going up to, to to launch in 2016 17. Um, topo's top tens, topo, just to just to bring things back to this show. Remind us of that.
6: Yeah, this would be a, a weekly blog that I did where I, we we'd pick a topic, uh, and I would. Pick ten moments, ten memorable moments, or maybe ten goals, or something that happened uh, around that topic, and put those in a list,
2: lads. Lads, I'm hoping that there's like a we've got a you've got prepared a top ten of Topo's top ten, <laughs> you know, which you can kind of run through. Top, you know 10, what was your favourite top tens? Was it top ten comebacks? Top ten
6: goalkeeping errors? Top ten? I think for all league, it had to be the playoff ones because they were they were always good to put together because. Plenty of entertaining games, uh, not involving Forest, of course. Um, loads of drama, loads of goals, and uh, they were do, probably yeah. the best ones.
2: And in the time that we've been doing the podcast, you probably top top ten Forest managers. You probably. <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, <I'm, laughs>
1: um, another memory of mine in relation to Topo was when we were doing. We mentioned the Alan Johnson Payne Trophy earlier, where we had to get a fan on of every football league club to answer questions on their team thought for, uh, for this competition we, d- we did a draw at the start of the season to pair people off hmm. and we came in to do a Sunday show at Crystal Palace I'm sure it was Crystal Palace and we didn't have a fan for them so Topo started tweeting <laughs> a cheerleader who supported Crystal Palace I don't think she was a cheerleader I thought she was a cheerleader she was a stripper oh was she a stripper yeah that was it. <laughs> that's it's even worse than I remembered uh, Topo, any memories of that
6: yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, that was uh, interesting. Touch of her. Did you get a number? <laughs> no, didn't even get a reply. So. Didn't
1: even get her on the podcast in the end. <laughs> no. I remember someone's friend of a friend came on to answer questions on Crystal
4: Palace from memory. Um, Topper nearly won the bleeding thing, didn't he? Did you? He came yeah. close. Yeah, we not- had to. I think we yeah. had to sabotage you at the end to make sure it wasn't an inside job.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that was the case. Um, guys good stuff thank you so much for coming on the final show Pleasure. and um, yeah uh, uh, we'll we'll speak to you soon not through the we'll, medium of podcast but we'll, we'll, we'll keep We'll
2: meet in up touch. again on like, the roof of the Apple uh, store in New, in New York just like the Beatles yeah, yeah. it's like getting the band back
4: together like, this yeah. isn't it yeah absolutely in 10 years time we'll do Glastonbury yeah probably. Yeah.
1: this is the final we are going up podcast So, nearly predictions time then. Not only for this season, but we'll find out who's been victorious overall over the past five years of this show. But first... Come on.
4: A little bit of any other business, David Cameron Walker. What've you got for us? Um, various bits and bobs, really. I mean, just I was kind of just, in the last few days, just kind of looking back at some of the shows and kind of looking back at some of my favourite moments and sort of favourite teams, some of the issues, and we, we touched on it heavily earlier on with, with Rob, but... Ownership and disastrous clubs, and managerial changes, has been a big recurring theme. The number of specials we've done over the years, or sort of roundtable specials <laughs> with various people from fanzines and supporters' trusts and journalists, just saying, when are these people going to? When's it going to end? What's the end game? And how many of those owners are still in place? Blackpool, you know, Blackburn's owners have come, have have been there. They, they've been, they've had their, their kind of. Quiet spells but then it's sort of flaring up again at the moment. Leeds, disastrous. Forest, as we just said, disastrous. Charlton, still disastrous. Coventry, groundless for a while. Yeah. Directionless. Cardiff, the whole situation with the Vincent red and tam- red and blue shirts. Yeah. Leicester for a while, where people were looking at their owners and wondering what, what was going on. Knotts County have had their problems. Hull City, the name change and no you know fans aren't turning up to the playoff final at Wembley. Bolton and the finances, Northampton nearly going out of business, Plymouth, Peter Reed paying electricity bill. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and I'm sure there's clubs that I've missed there. Yeah. And, and and it's a consistent theme, you know, and I and I think it's a real important issue that that is just not being dealt with at all and, and it will keep rearing its head hopefully not but I have a, a distinct feeling that
1: you will be right um, anything else what have you got for us any special show any favourite shows we've done well, the li- I, I love the live ones
4: yeah the live ones have been great because it, 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 that is what it's all about really you get the chance to get out there and and see new grounds speak to supporters you know not just kind of journos and, and people that we've lined up but just literally just going up to, to the random fans that are at the games home and away and finding out their um, how they're feeling? And there's been plenty of fans who didn't want to talk to us as well <laughs> along yeah. the way. Plenty of outtakes, but yeah, r- really enjoyed that. I think, uh, especially enjoyed the Peterborough trip when we yes. did the draw. and it yeah. landed in our lap as well, didn't it? Just after the old Darren Ferguson yeah. got sacked. Uh, no, it was good. Sacked again, but
1: I enjoyed Notts County this season as well with the uh, the guy who sat about four rows behind us. Just what was yeah. he saying? Just shouting out one-word responses to what anything. Was what did he say? <laughs> he said something like.
4: Press. press. Oh, no, no,
1: it wasn't, it wasn't press. press. I was, have to listen back to yeah. it. Anyway, he was an, insert he, the clip here. Yeah, <laughs>
4: insert the clip here. It's an absolutely superb fan sitting just to my left. I don't want to speak too loud because if he sees me or hears me, he looks like yeah, he looks like he could absolutely <laughs> tear me to pieces. But he's absolutely screaming abuse at the team. Never they get the ball. Just a lot of one word, repetitive shout. Byline,
2: byline, feet, feet, (laughs) tight. Feet, feet!
4: that was it whatever he just said what a man he was <laughs> um, but I mean and th- there's been a number of I mean some of my favourite shows over the years have been sort of the special ones that we've done I think remember when the whole EPP thing came along we spoke to some people about that and that was a really interesting thing That The Truth Behind Transfers was another good one with Mike Calvin yeah and came Ross on. Wilson Ross Wilson from was, Huddersfield he was at Huddersfield then but do you know where he is now he's only bloody head of recruitment at Southampton oh is he yeah wow yeah he's doing really well for himself um Bradford have been a real favourite of mine. Yeah, I mean, Bantam's that, banter boys. That season where they went on that amazing, the first time, let yeah, alone yeah, the yeah, FA yeah. Cup semi-final, the, <laughs> yeah. the, 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 all the way to the League Cup final. Yeah. And was that 12-13? Yes, I think so. Um, yeah, it was, yeah. You've still, went to, you still, got, you, you still flag got me flag, flag for the still, League Cup final. I missed out. Flag still has pride of place in, in my room up on the wall. Um, but yeah, the Bantam's banter are, are a great example of what we've seen many of over the years in the fan individual fans' podcasts they have gone from strength to strength and the things that they've done have been you know fantastic Incredible. they're selling merchandise now they're selling <laughs> yeah. bloody bath towels and all sorts and they're doing an England song they've they've had a lot of um, sort of mainstream press coverage you know there's been, there's been we've one of the best things about the whole thing is the amount of contacts and the people we've We've met and had on uh, that we're very thankful for along the way. Who are doing the same thing that we're doing, but just about their own clubs. You know, there's been some great people over the years. Uh, the Watford podcast, the guys who used Rookery to have a Rook, Rook Rookery, Rookery Rook Mike, yeah, from the Rookery, and that's that's still going strong in the Premier League. Uh, the Bolton podcast. I seem to remember a great song from about Owen Coyle, yeah, that we had. I up think the then. man in white, I think it was called, yeah. yeah. Uh, and there's there's loads more. There's loads more that I probably can't remember off the top of my head. And I think that that's been one of my favourite things is is finding out how many passionate fans there are out there who, who are all doing great things. Um, you ready to move on to predictions or have you got anything and, else? Oh, one of the other favourite things was playing, we should say a huge huge thank you to Prostate Cancer UK. Of course. For all the help that they've given us over the years but if it wasn't for them I would never have played at the Den. That
1: is true yeah, I, was I, was about this. I was thinking about this 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 morning as I was on the train down I was thinking
4: about that that day when me stood talking tactics with Laurie McMenemy on the touchline. Mm. Ridiculous. But I think we leave the Football League in An interesting place obviously there are issues as i alluded to earlier on but particularly the championship and and it will filter down the standard is as good as it's ever been that lineup of managers next season is is mouth-watering just as it is in the premier league and i think that's trickling down you're getting it is becoming a bit of a sort of premier league two,
0: really in a way
4: it is it is and i think it's really exciting the games are just as exciting as ever the fans are still turning up and the uh, you know the reason we started this podcast is because we all supported football league teams at the time and we all loved the football league we all love what it represents and the drama some of the low lights hmm. and the highlights that it brings you along the way and it's only strengthened my my admiration for it over the years that we've done this i mean there's been times where i've absolutely detested the football league and everything it stands for just because it you know having to sacrifice sunday evenings for no reason other than i've said we'll do it Yeah, and know. you know but it it's great and it's in, you know it continues to inspire and it continues to be good and you know let's hope in 5 years time 10 years time 20 years time that it's still there and it's still doing what it's doing now absolutely amen to that right here we go then predictions time
1: now let me uh, let me say before we play these that so at the start of the season we ask for your two automatic teams to go up your playoff winner your teams to be relegated and your top scorers so for example if we say uh, a playoff winner in our two to go up that doesn't count if you know what I mean mm. it was basically like what two teams are going to go up automatically or what three teams if, you know, if you're know you in League 2 mm. um, who the playoff winner are blah 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 now I'm going to play our predictions I've played in the sort of yeses and nos to each thing that we say along the way so you can sort of track our progress so we're going to start in League 2 DC roll the tape this is what we said at the start of the season <laughs> I, well, shall I give you my three first? Yes, please. My three to go up this season. Ah, Lucentown. Okay. Boom. Cambridge United. And
4: Wickham Wanderers. Back in Wickham to uh yeah. to come back stronger, are right? you? I am. Okay. I am. Your You're three. My three. The automatics, yeah. Uh Cambridge. Yes. Portsmouth, I think, are finally gonna do it. Paul Cook being the difference there really for me. And Barnet, can't bring yourself
1: to say Luton, can you? Absolutely not. Just cannot. <laughs> um, I've got Barnet. as playoff winners, actually. Uh, playoff winner for you. I'm going to go for Plymouth to to go slightly better than last season. Okay, uh, two to go down. Then I've sorry, sort of um, already sort of given the game away with me. I've gone for Newport
4: mm-hmm. to go down under Terry Butcher, and I've also got Mansfield. I have gone for Newport like you, uh, and the other team. I'm going to go for Yeovil Town. <laughs> Top scorer. I want you to go first. And I'll tell you why in a sec. Okay, John Akinde of Barnet—the
1: <laughs> one I've gone for—he's um, not. He's not really going to be a top scorer, but I saw odds of twenty-five to one, and he wants you to tell him what goal celebration he should use this oh, season. Oh yeah, Adabayo Akinfenwa. Have you voted? <laughs> I haven't actually. No. So. A grand total of zero correct answers from There's a us. couple of
4: close ones. There though.
1: was. So John Kindy got twenty three goals for Barnett yeah, this season. It wasn't far off. He was third. Matty Taylor of Bristol Rovers was the top scorer in League Two this season. And Newport were third bottom, I they think. They were. I mean but they were safe by quite a they way. Were. But they were still third bottom, so not bad. Plymouth I got Plymouth for the playoffs. Well that's the, got the, thing. To the final. If Plymouth had won, then you would have you would have had one point there. But as it stands, it's goalless after League Two. Okay. Now things are about to dramatically change. Let's are listen they? to our League One predictions, starting with the teams that we predicted would go up
4: automatically
1: Sheffield United and Wigan
4: yeah yeah agreed um, I've go- I'm gonna go with you as well I-, I think Sheffield United are finally gonna do it
1: playoffs <laughs> and I've actually gone for I-, I do like a double bounce so I've gone for Burton on the Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank Jimmy Jimmy yeah uh, Barnsley Barnsley okay Thought to be relegated sorry crew fans I've got you to go down my other three are Blackpool uh, Port Vale and also because I think Dean
4: Saunders is a terrible manager Chesterfield
0: yeah, um, not, Chesterfield not been, always
4: bounced between those two teams. not leagues, been great though. recently I, I've got, I'm with you though Chesterfield uh, Ooh. Colchester United I think are going to go uh, Blackpool uh, total shambles uh, and the other team is Crewe top scorer this really goes against
1: against everything I stand for but um, Ian Henderson of Rochdale oh yeah that's a good shout uh, I'm going to go for one of the favourites Will Grigg of Wigan You've absolutely
4: oh, Greg's on fire. <laughs> Your, your defence is terrified You've
1: absolutely smashed it there mate you've, you've destroyed me I'm not even sure how many points you got there You got so many League 1 you did your research this season And it paid off big time Right here we go then Let's finish it off Onto the championship And the teams that we thought Were going to go up this season It's Wolves for me And it's Derby I've gone for Derby And I've gone for Middlesbrough And I've got for, gone for
4: Wolves to win the playoffs Okay Your playoff winner I've got the hull, right? Because I think they're, you know, they're trying to splash Smashing the cash it. now. Steve Bruce knows how to get promoted from the Championship. Okay, three to be relegated. David was very, very optimistic about Sheffield Wednesday. He was indeed. Um, You're not going to send him down, are you? Yeah, of course I am. Um, I've got Sheffield Wednesday, Rotherham, and <laughs> Huddersfield. Sorry, Yorkshire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got Blackburn, Rotherham. I think. It's going to be one season too far for, for Mr Sombrero yeah, himself, top, top Steve the Evans. Sombrero away, yeah. Steve. Uh, and another shout. So you've gone Yorkshire. I'm, I'm pretty down on on the northwest. I think Bolton might. Rotherham's not in the northwest, no, no, but Blackburn oh, and right, Bolton right. are. Right. Yeah, I'm not going to complain yeah. about you sending Bolton, down. Yeah, because uh, top- I don't. I'm not sure. You know, lots of people think Neil Lennon's a good manager. And I think he is, but I don't know if he'll if he'll stick it out there. You're trying to say that the, the signing
1: of Emil Heskey is not going to guarantee <laughs> my high place finish this season. Yes. Yeah. Um, and t- top scorer, I've gone for newer Dicko. I have gone. For before echoing my previous sentiments on Fulham, Ross McCormack. Ross McCormack was second in the Championship top scorers list with 21 goals this season. Andre Gray was top with 25. The final scores, after all that, for the 2015 16 season Mark Crossley, four. David Cameron Walker, eight.
4: Eight. Eight, four. Thank you very DCW much. Now, which- all the naysayers. <laughs>
1: Who's gone out on top? Which leads us on to this. Ah. (laughs) Yeah. Here we go. Right. So I've gone through the the predictions between us um, from the previous five seasons. And these are the scores that I've got. Now, if you've really got the time on your hands, I'm sure you can go through and double and triple check this. Hmm. That applies to you and the listeners. But the archive
4: go. will be there for hundreds of years. Yes, yeah. it will be. Will it? Well, well if I pay, well, pay, pay for the web posting, <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, here we go then. Are uh, you going to do that? By the way, I just leave it a year and get rid of it. Anyway, uh, 2011-12, DC two Mark four. So it took an early lead, four two, two up.
4: Poor return that is.
1: However, in 12-13, uh, it was the opposite way around. DC four. Mark 2 So we're going in 6 all Into the third season Okay This is where you had a stinker mate This is uh, the year was That palace? it all went wrong for <laughs> the Palace year I think it, No I think that was the year before oh. Anyway Mark 5 DC
4: 1 1 I know I did predict A couple of teams to yeah. get relegated that were subsequently got promoted yes. to the Premier League. So I? at that
1: stage, Crossley goes into a 11-7 oh, lead. Difficult to turn around. 14-15 season. Ooh, so this is
4: a crucial one.
1: Bizarrely, we've got half a point in uh, those half points half in this points. season. Oh, okay. DC seven and a half Ooh. points. Mark eight and a half oh, points. Oh no! Which leads us on it's to a enough, s- situation where so that was 11-7. So if you add that up, that's uh, eight, 19 and a half, 14 and a half. That's right. So I'm five points clear going into the final season where DC finished four points ahead of me, which means oh, it finishes... DC, point. 22 and a half, Mark, oh. 23 and a half. Victory is mine. By one by virtue by of one point. bloody Ross McCormack <laughs> scored a few more goals <laughs> by the narrowest of margins. But I've got to say, you completely stormed it this season. So I it didn't showed, it back any of them, though. But it shows that you researched... So At least your research paid off. You might have not have made any money out of it, but your research paid off. There you go. So that was it. The predictions for this season and for the past five years. And that is pretty much it for We Are Going Up Full Stop. We're going to end the show in a few minutes time with a montage
4: um, of stuff from throughout the years. We talked about Mr. Sombrero there, Steve Evans. We, we should mention him, Steve Evans, shouldn't we? Really? We should. One thing that's um, changed quite recently is the size of the man's waistline. Have you oh. seen how most weight he's lost? No. He's really lost a lot Amazing There's visions of him Running down the touchdown with, with his trousers yeah. falling down And no more We had to get that I don't know whether it's the stress end. Of working with Chilena yeah. Or what But he's a fair play to him Probably He's literally half the man He used to be He is um, right, well, I suppose this We is can't a- end on Steve Evans, though. No,
1: we've likely brought that up now. I was going into the thank yous. I was about to go into the thank yous.
4: Well, we should thank Steve Evans. He's yeah. provided us with a lot of t- entertainment has. over the years. He has. Thanks to uh, Graham Wesley yeah. for being another butt of many jokes over the years. Yeah.
1: We've had our favourites over the years. Um, and we've been so lucky with some of the guests we've had on. Uh, we've had on, in no particular order, Mark Warburton, Ian Holloway, Matt Holland, Don Goodman, Kevin Davis, George Burley, Mike Calvin, Andy Brack. Jonathan Wilson Ian McIntosh John Ashton uh, Adrian Durham Dominic Matteo Ian Dancer Jim Profort, Luther Blissett John Ward a whole army of podcasters and bloggers and fans and people that have listened from the very first show to the 171st show
4: and the majority of those guests the, jour- the journalists the podcasters the bloggers often coming on at the drop of a hat we're literally ringing them up and saying mate yeah. it's so and so from we are going up podcast I spoke to you three years ago do you remember me can, <laughs> yeah. you, can you do something now right yeah. now right this yeah, second nine times out of ten they're m- more than happy to do so very generous with their time so any guest that's come on this show over the last yeah. five years we really really do pr- not that most of you'll be listening to this but if you are listening <laughs> you've made it this far into the, the final, final show fair play thank you this is very a marathon this is a
1: marathon up, for um, giving up your time big thank you as well to, um, to Joanne Flitt Pete Allison for voiceover work also the various radio stations that have hosted this show we've recorded it in all different kinds of studios uh, with someone that
4: probably didn't know about it for about a yeah. year
1: well that's <laughs> we, we don't talk about that um, they found out now uh, also uh, the people have let us into various press boxes uh, let us go to live games and sort of you know sit next to the professionals and just ask around uh, which has been great thank you to audible and a for hosting the show as well thank you to everyone who ever wrote a blog for the website that back that still in the work day. What?
4: The Audible... <laughs> the audio link, book.
1: yeah. Get one yourself an One last book. try. <laughs> yeah. Get yourself a little bit of extra money right in the last show. audible.co.uk slash going up. Um, yeah, I need to tell them we're stopping this. Actually, I mean, you could just keep going there if, if I was you. Maybe they'll st- they'll still keep paying us. Mm. I don't know. Probably shouldn't have said that. Yeah, but um, but m- free audio books for you. That's the thing they've got to. Remember. Um, and most of all, thank you to you for listening, especially if you've listened uh, throughout the last five years. Everyone who's listened overseas and has gone in touch about playing, uh, you know, following the lower leagues overseas mm. and Australia and Iceland had loads of Scandinavian listeners in America and uh, yeah I mean we used to look at the stats didn't we we'd see yeah. we had the odd listener in Gabon or we, something never, like we that. never
4: did get the world tour sorted we out, never got we? the
1: world tour sorted we never got the young players special sorted we never got the tea lady we never special got the bloody sorts. tea lady <laughs> we never did it you should see the list of ideas we had to we do never and shows. we never
4: of all we were looking through the, the roster earlier on of all the clubs we've covered we've yes. covered every single in, in some way shape or form every single football league club that's been in the football league during, during, these, the, five during years. these five years we've covered with the exception of, of one one, Accrington Stanley we couldn't get an Accrington fan for the JPT and it's just never
1: happened so they leave us I mean you, you did even try and put a call into John Colwyn about <laughs> 10 minutes before we started recording this um, he's probably on the beach somewhere he is and I wouldn't blame him um, yeah so thank you so much um, <laughs> we are going up who are they <laughs> <laughs> yeah Great Sky actor, mate. Um, so we're off to France this summer for the Euros, which is going to be awesome. We are. Um, so really looking forward to that. And then in the usual places, so you're producing Hawksby and Jacobs on Talk Sport uh, at this moment yeah. in time, the longest running sports afternoon program ever, basically. Is it? I, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Uh, so you, I'm sure you'll hear them mention producer Dave. Then, then, then that'll be you, basically. That will be me. Yeah. Um, and uh, you find me on uh, Radio Manchester and bit on Five Live as well. Which is mm. Exciting. Covering many of the clubs that
4: you've got Indeed. to know well over the years Absolutely. on this podcast. which is
1: why actually this season it's been a bit weird because when we've come to do the show it's been oh League 2 what's going on in League 2 and because we don't have a League 2 side in our sort of patch I'm thinking oh god I'm not really sure what's happening because you're so focused on the clubs that are in your area and obviously Manchester's not going to be a bad city for football next season the small matter of a, a little rivalry is coming to turn as well granted outside the Football League but still plenty going on uh, yeah thank you for all your support thank you for the tweets and uh, following the Instagram even though we never put anything on it um, and yeah that's about it I think thank you thank you thank, thank you. you thank
4: you very much for taking the time to listen to download to rate us to subscribe to us to tweet us and all of that stuff because ultimately we, we started this because we, we followed football league clubs and we thought it might be a nice thing to do and we've had a, a reasonably healthy following we've, been, we've not been at the top of the charts consistently week in no. week out we've not become you know wealthy men off the back no. of off the back of the adverts and all that stuff like some podcasters have done we're not Serial, no Scroobius We're not, but Mailchimp never got involved. No, no, they didn't. But just just seeing the numbers that people down low, you know, the 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 kind of peak of it is what a couple of thousand a week. Yeah, a, we've a had ago. a few thousand yeah. a week, yeah, and. Just
1: that, like just like your average football league, well, league exactly. Club.
4: You know, when you think of it in those terms, that is what you know the amount of people that will be in one end of a of a ground or or entire stadium for, for League Two teams, in League Two grounds, some, in some cases. So that means a, that means a, a huge amount to, for us doing it. You know, we did it for for the love, we did it for fun, and hopefully you've enjoyed
1: it. And of course, on SoundCloud, the episode about um, uh, Watford and Leicester had about eight thousand listens. Apparently, might have been a slight problem in the system there. We think <laughs> a little bit of an anomaly. Um, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's it. We're going to leave you with this. Roll the tape now. This is the story of five years, five years, half a decade of the We Are Going Up podcast. The best of We Are Going Up. Right, we're on. Thank you very much for downloading. We are going up and welcome to your season ticket to the Football League. This is Mark Crossley in London. Can I have your full name, please? David Cameron Walker. The club you support?
4: Watford. Full name? Uh, Mark Crossley. And the club you support? Bury. OK, first Bury game you ever went to? I think it was a goalless draw good set the tone
1: <laughs> yeah. on the line now is Tom Watt who has helped organise the UK's first ever football film festival kicking and screening tell us a bit about some of the guests because I've just been looking down the list and there's a wide range of people there Guillaume Balaguet Jonathan Wilson etc yeah well there's I mean because it's such a wide range of films the EPPP was voted in by the 72 football league clubs this is
5: just one example of the fact that, that not enough is done for, for the football league and for teams outside the Premier League to help them survive if you have enormous resources you're suddenly very conscious of your public image and you're you couldn't count them like Clough
6: Notts County have been fined £75 by the FA because too many of their staff stood up to celebrate the dramatic
1: late winner in that game John Ashdown sports writer at the Guardian is a big Sheffield United fan
4: just how nervous are you about next Saturday
5: Incredibly
4: nervous. I tweeted, you prepare to see the first ever goalless penalty shootout. And I, 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 I <laughs> yeah, thought it that was actually going to happen.
1: Chris Weltdale he didn't get a knock to the, the knee or didn't get a, you know, sort of a bad head or whatever, a bit of a bruise. He got a split scrotum.
4: What the hell <laughs> does the physio do with that? The magic sponge, <laughs> the magic sponge is sponge just not going to work it. there, is it, at all?
1: The gaffer brought a
2: lot of players in over... Over the summer, me included, you know, it's a brand new squad. It's a
4: really
6: good opportunity to hopefully see a change towards the introduction ultimately of, Safe
4: something. Is that the- the Dalai Lama
1: whatever mate and just went back to my beer yeah and then we looked it up and he was doing a conference at Nottingham a conference yeah. or whatever. So what
4: the yeah he actually just walked casually strolled past the pub on a in Nottingham quick glance at the score and then on he went <laughs> I
1: think it was
5: inevitable really that he was going to be sacked straight after the game no supporters are adamant he ain't coming back until the manager gets removed unfortunately it was a failure and um, I, I would have loved to see him do well because he's, he's a heck of a nice guy if we don't go for him now we'll regret that because someone else will and he'll do a superb job somewhere when we first did the story 2 weeks ago the main cracks of it was to do with kind of the players not
2: being
1: happy I honestly don't believe that he's a great manager God, Jim, Jim's here who's a, a Leicester fan yeah we
4: bought him so I want to know what can we expect from Jamie Vardy this season
1: he's the best player I've ever seen in the
4: conference you may have lost today but you've still got a mask of Palo de Canna, you're a 10 voucher <laughs> yeah, on, on the back of that that was it oh, what's just happened it was over that the, was the line I can see over line. it from here this is
1: why we well should have money for poor in the championship it was over
4: the line you
2: also signed Steve Grisevich from Liverpool Reserve
1: that does tell you how long he's been in the game? He signed Steve Grgic.
4: Should football league highlights be on free-to-air TV? Should they be something that's protected? The oh, greatest
1: dear. thing happened. Happy will go, go scored an own goal. <laughs> <laughs> og, og, og. <laughs>
6: this is the We Are Going Up podcast. We've got the football league covered.
1: And he's done it. <laughs> we have got a winner. Lee, you have won the Alan Johnston Paint Trophy. I'm thrilled. Don Cast (laughs) the Roses. Sound it! (laughs) 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 Dom, hello. Hello. Have you recovered yet?
2: No, and and hearing that again has, has nearly set me off. I feel like I've just watched from
5: emotional
1: episode of EastEnders. <laughs> <laughs> the Capital One Cup final has just finished a couple of hours ago as we record. Bradford City's newest fan, David Cameron Walker.
4: Hello. I, I come uh, armed with uh, my very own Bradford City flag as
1: you well do. from Wembley Stadium.
4: Have you ever known a finish since Jimmy
1: Glass like that at Griffin Park? Absolutely not.
4: Oh, I don't believe this! There's a chance for a woman!
2: Oh, they've scored! I do not believe what I'm seeing. Come I've on! Come I mean. on. penalty!
1: Incredible. Ooh. This is Johnny Phillips, by the way, on uh, Soccer Saturday like, on the uh, soccer special.
2: And what are going to go. It's the championship uh,
4: final. I, I did, do not believe what I've just seen here,
1: Jeff. The Football Supporters Federation Awards. <laughs> of course. 20, 2013. <laughs> the nominees have been announced. And. We're on the list.
3: My in-laws are big Liverpool fans, so I thought I can't not go and have a
1: picture with Louis So He's a really nice man, though. Eh? And I believe you asked him if he was interested in the move to Vicarage Road. He didn't understand. <laughs>
6: and ever since, you know, we you know reformed as AFC Wimbledon and we, we started this 10 years ago, ever since then, I people, often quite well-meaning people, say, who do you sport Oh, Wimbledon are terrible shame what happened. I bet you can't wait till he plays them, can you? What a day that will be. And you say,
3: well, actually, no, I don't want to play them. I think it's fair to say Carlos, will never change his philosophy. He does not
2: fall into the category of rational owners. Here we are um, on the brink of something fantastic for British football, I believe. What I'd love to see is
6: every club in the land um, start doing this. Every football fan
2: owes a huge debt of gratitude to to the work that Brian did.
3: I think if they're unable to make the club sustainable within Coventry, I think they should probably be considering their position as owners of the football club.
6: He has presided over the fire sale to end all fire sales, where the family silver has been sold off piece by miserable piece.
5: Want want the fans have no confidence and are completely alienated from the owners. Worse than that, I think they feel that it's no longer their club. I asked Eric Shaw and Paul Agnew straight out. And the question I said to him, I said, could they hand on art say that Venkis are not gambling Blackburn Rovers' future? This transfer window, and both of them who well-placed on the board said they can't guarantee that. I think a lot of me
6: following carpets is down to identity. When they, when they changed from blue to red, it just didn't
1: fit right with me at all. We are absolutely delighted to say that on the phone right now to speak to us, is Mr Kevin Davis who has joined at Preston
3: we're really confident we can can really achieve something this year
1: first let's speak to the former Bradford Wolves Barnsley and Doncaster striker Don Goodman the former England AC Milan Watford and Bournemouth striker Luther Blissett and we are very pleased to say that Luther joins us on the show right now We really love you as a fella, Owen, truly, honestly But
5: when it came to being manager, there's things you wouldn't see You were obsessed with playing 4-4-2 instead of 4-3-3 And thought the problem was in scoring goals and not defensively
1: On our predictions this week, I've predicted Barry to go up Jim has predicted Leicester to go up, and Dave has predicted Watford to go up. If that doesn't tell you <laughs> a lot, that is
4: blinding optimism at its best. <laughs> it's all about this stage of the season. Come on, <laughs> betting on Carlton Matlock has been suspended due <laughs> to unusual betting patterns. <laughs> <laughs> of What one bet?
1: One, one job. job. You, you only, only had one job. Russ no.
4: Wilcox ridiculous bit when he walked out of the tunnel. He's like X Factor. <laughs> <laughs> do do do. Let's all do the Conga. Do 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 do. We're British somber longer. Roy Hodgson, my mate was um, when I was Champions League. Final, and he All got right. the same plane as Roy Hodgson. Does he do? And uh, someone came up and asked him if they could swap seats with him. By this point, the plane was packed, so he stands <laughs> up and everybody goes,
2: hey, go on, Roy.
4: So uh, earlier today, me and DC spoke to the Bristol Rovers manager John Ward. Could could you perhaps see one day him taking over? Maybe in, in a few years down the line, if you continue to have sex and uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, we can't <laughs> do
1: that. Sorry. Forget that music. Drum roll, please. It's been over two years It's been over We couldn't really quite be bothered to work it out But a lot of hours And hundreds of guests And finally We have made it to the big one And here comes the most underwhelming fanfare you've ever heard Happy 100th David Cameron Walker Thanks Happy 100th Jim (laughs) Knight Hello This is um, episode 100 of We Are Going Up My club in
6: 125 seconds Four words (laughs) and George
1: Matteo <laughs> This is one of those special in case of emergency smash glass hair moments uh, because we are bringing you a special bonus edition of the show this week reacting to the announcement uh, by Greg Dyke of the FA Commission's four point plan to boost the future of English football When I heard the news of this on Thursday I was very angry I was fuming I was kind of incandescent with rage and this proposal I think is one of the most disrespectful things to the football league I've ever read, and and non-league.
2: We don't know of anybody um, in the conference that has been consulted in this process.
6: I've always thought we were a, a fourth-tier club, so to be in where we are now,
2: for me, is something special. I do think it's important that the, the fans can connect with, with the players, and the players at times maybe could do a little bit more.
1: My cult hero goes back to the mid-90s, um, a striker called John Paskin.
6: The process always starts at the uh, the identification stage, whereby we've got scouts on the ground on a, on a day-to-day basis over games, um, I think we, we probably cover on average something like
5: 25 games a week 56% that's more than half
1: of first time managers never get another job in management This is We Are Going Up your season ticket to the Football League I'm Mark Crossley alongside me here in London in the studio I've got David Cameron Walker and Jim Knight plus Stephen Topliss is on the line from Nottingham the world of football has been shaken by the news announced on Sunday that Gary Speed manager of Wales has died it is the headline story of the week then the extremely sad news that Sir Tom Finney an absolute giant of a figure in English football sadly passed away on friday aged 91
7: he was more than a gentleman yes to say a gentleman is right but he was also a gentleman. now next
1: week um we are going to be bringing out a show on i believe monday the final show before christmas but this is something slightly different we're not going to tell you what it is yet but um it's been a couple of months in the in the making this the great war
2: Hello, I'm Carol Swords, I'm the curator of Pitshanger Manor and Gallery. Crossing the Field is an exhibition commemorating First World War and particularly a moment in it, Christmas 1914, where the troops laid down their arms and um, played football.
0: They found the
5: common ground and the common ground was football. We're a club that support the armed forces. We're a great club with a great heart for what it did in the Great War and over 100 years. Ultimately, um, if it hadn't been for these players
6: and the administrators, then the clubs that people follow today, they wouldn't be
1: in exi- <laughs> existence. <laughs> I'm Mark Crossley And I'm David Cameron Walker And from the bordering to the battlefields From the turnstiles to the trenches And from the supporters to the Somme This is the story of football and the Great War We are going up on the road. Brogabs, three pound. How's it come to this? You spending your bank holiday Monday watching Leighton Orient against Bury?
4: I'm I'm not quite sure.
1: Boswick scores! Down the middle.
5: They're going to cause a lot of teams problems with the way they play because Akinfenwa is very, very difficult to deal with.
1: Ball comes in towards Akinfenwa. Oh!
4: is there any hope now that Lee Clark has come in well, it's not
2: impossible but, uh, well,
4: but I just think you know
6: no, and then, yeah. then the game after that we got battered again so <laughs> it, the, the win, the, the winning run lasted one game
1: oh chance it's a goal it's a goal, it's a goal! in the middle of your ransom out. food he's we'll the corner the there's got a goal he's scored it's 2-0 it's 2-0 Oh, I've scored a second goal! So the Orient fans have just been singing some um, not particularly uh, friendly chants about Boris Johnson. And that was, I was just actually thinking, what have they got against Boris Johnson at? Oh, the Olympic Stadium. I see. You initially thought they were chanting against the Sky Sports reporter Brian Swanson, didn't <laughs> they? I did, yeah. Here we go. It's ringing. Hello. Jim Knight. Hello. Hello, mate. How are you doing? Congratulations. Right, you? Congratulations. Leicester City promoted to the Premier League. And uh, that is why you're in Leicester, I believe. Yeah, it doesn't feel real, does it? Jim, you've got some news to share with everyone.
3: Yeah. As of August, I'm going to be relocating away from London. Oh, uh, I thought you could back get back to married or something. Native? <laughs> no, back to my native Leicester. Um, so, Jim is uh, so, is yeah. leaving
1: us. He's, uh, he's moving back to Leicester in the summer, which means we Premier gonna... League, one promotion <laughs> and you,
4: and you desert us. <laughs> yeah. I know. Whoppers going up, going up, whoppers
1: going up. This is the We Are Going Up podcast. Oh, yes, it's that time again. Hello and welcome. This is episode 155 of We Are Going Up. I'm Mark Crossley, and anything you and your mob can do, David Cameron Walker, we can do it better. No, we're not bothered about being in the top three from October all the way through till May. We just casually time our arrival in the top three for 20 past four on the final afternoon of the season. Beautiful. Congratulations. I've made the Berry Times. I've just seen tomorrow. Page 95 if you live in the area. They've, they've framed my tweet in one of their pieces. So, there was a sign of the impending death of journalists.
4: <laughs> Steve Evans don't lie in bed in, in dream. I'm a realist. You went all the way up to Carlisle, then down, yeah. then back up again.
1: And then back again, yeah. And then
4: back again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm spending the evening of my 30th birthday in the uh, very green memorable cupboard. location that is this very hot, small, sweltering studio.
1: Ball's not dead. Jervis tries to keep it in place. It's right. right. for Reuben Reid. It's 2-0 to Plymouth. Fantastic finish. He's been the difference today. They've lit a flare. A
4: green flare <laughs> has been are? lit.
2: The Plymouth fans Please. singing we're top of the league doubt that along the way Something has happened between the relationship Between fans and top footballers
4: Do Hear
1: that <laughs> DC I'm going to hand the stage over to you at this point
4: Yeah Copping out You may not be surprised to hear this Because a few people have emailed across the season Sort of asking us what's going on We've been certainly more infrequent this season And after five seasons We're going to end it We are going up. will be no more.
1: Okay, you can kill it.
4: Yeah, that's about it, I think. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen, to download, to rate us, to subscribe to us, to tweet us, and all of that stuff.
1: This is the final We Are Going Up podcast.